0: You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network.
1: There has been an awakening. Have you felt it?
2: You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirassi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always emotion
1: is the future. This is just the beginning.
2: i final, full of surprises.
1: It's not over yet. No. There is another.
2: Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors regarding Star Wars films, TV series, video games, and all the other cool and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-hosts Tim and Paul with me. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's up,
1: Paul? I mean, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey! It's, it's okay, we can, we can say what's up I'm to Paul, too. Liver. Come on! <laughs> no, but Kyle's the one who always introduces us, and I always gotta say, hey, what's up, Kyle, after, what, 100 and what episode we're on right now? But I, uh, I, I believe this is 120. Oh, so, yeah, after 119 episodes. See, see what you've done, Paul, by now joining the group. I got my intro all messed up. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> But no, I'm doing good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my bad, Steve. I thought you were done.
1: Uh, this show's getting off to a great start so far. <laughs> oh, great start! Great, yeah. Start. Well,
2: you know what? We're here, we get to talk Star Wars. That's the important thing. Um, yeah, and it, you know, it's weird because it's been a while since our last episode, and it's just been kind of a slow news period. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm really starting to miss having a Star Wars movie coming out in December this year, like we have for the past three years, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it's weird. I mean, we've talked about Solo and how the earlier release date may have impacted its uh, its box office success and all that kind of stuff. But now you get to the end of the year where it would have come out, and it's like, oh, man, there's just this void now where, like, you know, normally around this time we'd be getting new trailers and all kinds of stuff to get us hyped up. And it's just like, we're going to have to wait, you know, over a year now before the next Star Wars movie comes out. but. That's all right. We've got some cool stuff to talk about in the meantime. We did finally get one new big announcement this past week that we're uh, very excited to talk about. And we got some new stuff with uh, Battlefront and some other fun stuff to talk about, too. So uh, let's just jump right into the big news from this past week. First of all, little thing that I think kind of slipped under people's radar, we have a name now officially for the new Disney streaming service that's coming out, um, and it's going to be called Disney Plus, uh, which Bob Iger talked about on a uh, like a earnings conference call this past week. Which is also where he dropped the news that in addition to the Mandalorian that's already in production, we're getting another new uh, live action Star Wars spinoff series. Um, that'll be coming to Disney plus, uh, going into production next year. And so probably coming in 2020, um, at the earliest. Um, but this new series is going to be focused on Cassian Andor from Rogue One, um, and sort of following him, um, and telling, you know, new stories set during the era of kind of the early days of the empire against the rebellion. Um, you know, obviously before and leading up to the events of Rogue One. So, um, you Know this has been a thing that's got a lot of people talking. I think some people may have some mixed reactions on it. I don't know about you guys, but I am all on board with this. I think this is going to be a really cool, uh, new st- kind of character to focus on, new stories to tell. Um, I'm all for it. So, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, for me, when I first heard it, I was thinking, wow, Cassian Andor, he wasn't, wouldn't be on my like top list of characters I think would ever get a Star Wars TV show to focus on, but. After that initial surprise, I just thought to myself, man, this is actually going to be a really cool idea to focus a new TV series on. I mean, there's a lot of potential with what you can do in his character and the time frame they're going to set it in. And funny seeing all the reactions on Twitter about it. Like you said, it was kind of a mix, but for all the excitement I've seen for it, a lot of it had to do with um, you know the potential of other characters that can show up in the series and who casting can interact with. And while all that is awesome, I'm sure we'll get into some fun speculation about that. But to me, I I didn't even think about that as far as what's getting me real excited about this TV series focusing on Cassian. And really, it's just, you know, a moment in Rogue One and the stuff we've seen him do throughout Rogue One about, you know, the questionable things that he's done in the name of the rebellion and how the potential to see more of that in a TV series and really dive into Cassian's, you know, mental stability as he is doing all these things in the name of the rebellion i think it's going to be really fascinating and could be really make for a compelling show to watch and i just go back to that line he says in rogue one before like him Jin to get all the soldiers together to sneak off off of yavin and go to Scarif, where he just says to her you know we've all done terrible things on behalf of the rebellion and every time i walked away from something i wanted to forget i told myself it was for the rebellion and what we believed in and in that moment where it's all going to fold up and the rebellion was going to crumble, all that questionable things he did would have been for nothing and how that would have weighed on him. And the fact that we're going to be able to see some of those things that he said that you consider it as terrible. Like I said, just seeing him go through that and the toll it can take on him could be really, really fascinating to see. And I think it's going to be really awesome to really just make you appreciate the character of Cassian even more. And I've said it when we did our Rogue One review episode, how he was my favorite character out of the whole, my favorite new character out of the whole movie because of that complexity he has. Yeah, he's one of the good guys. He's on the side of the rebellion, but not everything him and the rebellion did was, you know, uh, you know some that would be, we always think of them as kind of like the squeaky clean good guys rebellion, but you know they had to do some dark and dirty things as well as Rogue One introduced and that was one of my favorite aspects of the film that it did introduce and bring to the table in regards to the rebellion and when you think about them now so the fact that we can dive into more of that and just it would really just elevate that even more once we get to those moments in Rogue One so that's all the stuff I'm really really excited about and there's some other potential stuff too that I've been thinking about as the days go by since we got the announcement of certain things we could see in the series that would be really cool as well so but yeah just in general when i first heard that announcement that's immediately what i thought of of why i'm super excited for this series of just really diving into Cassian and his role in the rebellion and just some of the questionable questionable things he had to do and just you know what the toll it could probably take on him so i'm excited to see that all that unfold
0: yeah paul... i was taking it a...
2: oh oh good sorry. i was just gonna say paul what do you think
0: it's. <laughs> I muted myself and I was started talking and I, was like, oh, I pulled a Tim. Right, um, <laughs> only if
1: you heard us before we were recording. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have heard me. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, uh, no, I was taken aback by this news. I was very surprised. I know they had talked about, uh, at least Bob Iger did the week before about multiple star Wars series. And a lot of us kind of took that as—is he talking? We assumed he might be talking about the Clone Wars, maybe, or Resistance, or, or something like that to join the Mandalorian. And then when this Cassian series was announced, you know, you're like, "What? That's really, really cool and really surprising." Cassian, I think, is is regarded as a lot of people's favorite character. Like Tim said, he just because again, he's kind of like the moral gray area of the Rebellion that he represents that side, as Tim was talking about. And so there's a lot of good character depth that. Diego, uh, Diego, Diego, Luna does in his time on screen. I mean, this, that whole opening shot that, and again, that the whole opening in rogue one his introduction is reshot, um, was something that they did in reshoots and it's perfect. So it, what Dia, Diego Luna does with a little dialogue and just, just the apprehension he shows on his face, it's beautiful. And I think he's a great actor, and I think he's a Cassian Andor is a great character to keep have like a miniseries or or some kind of series or whatever they're going to have. Unless, I always assume these these are all going to be mainly miniseries, but mainly because of the Marvel stuff, they they're announced that they're, they've uh, been rumored to be miniseries. Yeah. But anyway, uh, for people who haven't done the um, the, the Shadow of the Empire, uh, the 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 uh, ILM X Lab uh, thing. That Cassian Andor, like he he does like a it's like, you know, it's in canon and it's Cassian Andor giving you your assignment. And I remember, Tim, when we did it, I was like, oh, Cassian Andor, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And and it, I, I just remember Cassian looked like he really enjoyed being a part of Star Wars. I think he enjoyed being representing the Spanish community uh, part aspect of Star Wars, Star Wars, which is awesome. And you could tell he just enjoyed being a part of it. I remember seeing him on the uh, celebration panel um, back in England when he was on there talking about being a part of the the show uh, and just kind of like the, his his smile like he just seemed genuinely happy yeah. that mm. he was a part of Star Wars and like and sometimes you can kind of tell when people are just kind of like nervous or you know whatever and D- Diego Luna just came across like he was really really excited to be a part of Star Wars and the fact he did that LMX Lab thing. And, you know, it's I mean, granted, he's paid for all the stuff we get it. But like you didn't have to do it. You know, it's it's probably, you know, a day in his life. And he was like, yeah, I could come by and do that. would Be fun. And I don't know. I just it just came across to me like he really enjoys the character. And so the fact that they're doing this is is very interesting. You know, they could have done a gen show or, you know, or maybe even like, oh, God, I would loved a Donnie Yen uh, Guardians of the Will show. Oh, my Lord. I don't even oh, made...
1: yeah. That would have been cool, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, they no, they went with with this show. And I think that there's something I think the reason why is one, Diego Luna is a great character, uh, great actor and Cassian's a great character. But I think the fact that his ties to the rebellion, like you were saying, Tim, this is why they went this route, because they want to keep it in the rebellion era because they know that that's their bread and butter. Everyone recognizes the stormtroopers. From the Empire, the First Order. I mean, it's getting to that point where you can incorporate first. You could probably have a TV series sentence in, in the new tr- sequel trilogy, but at the same time, it's the, you can't beat regular stormtroopers. And I think that that's where they're kind of going with. Like they want to have an opportunity to in, to include a Bail Organa. They want to, uh, you know, and I would, I'll say Ahsoka, but I don't think they have that character specifically in mind. But I will say Han Solo and Chewbacca. I mean, they are very, very possible to show up in, as a guest appearance in uh, the series, you know, just for maybe an episode where he has to use Han Solo and Chewie to like smuggle something somewhere. And, you know, and they don't, they don't even know who Cassian Andor is. They don't know he even works for a rebellion. He's just some guy and they show up and they use the Falcon. How rad would that be? So, I mean, there's a lot Lando Calrissian for God's sakes, you don't know. I mean, we just yeah. don't know. Uh, I think with what they're doing with the character and with the rebellion area, they're going to have a very wide range of stories they could tell and inclusions, even maybe Darth Vader. Who knows, right? I mean, I don't think so. But – you, you want to always give yourself freedom to, to explore those options. You know, that's the whole thing. I reason why I think they're doing this. I think with, with uh, John Favreau, I think he had a specific vision and they love that. And there's an there's a lot of marketability with the Mandalorian, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about today. But I think with, with, Cassian and and what's this what's figure this too. K- K2SO is probably going to be in the series as well well that's a no-brainer
2: like yeah yeah at some point point. and we could even it, see the beginning of that relationship you know and well, K2 was, was like a captured imperial droid that they reprogrammed we could see that happen in the show
0: well I'm gonna stop you right there this is me and Tim talked about this the other day And I actually corrected someone on Twitter, um, Jason Ward from Star Wars, uh, making Star Wars as well. They actually already told that story in canon. It's in a comic book, a one shot. Now, I've gone on record and Tim, you, you and I talked about this yesterday. I wouldn't necessarily be mad if they retcon that story. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a very good story, but they actually it's already have. So forgettable. Have- like, yeah. to be
1: honest, I can't remember the exact details of how they first met. It was on a mission Casting was on, and yes. Katie was there. Like, I don't remember what else happened.
2: That, and and even it, even if they don't want to retcon it, they could adapt that into an episode. And just It'd make re- it better. Yeah. <laughs> re- yeah, retell that story for everybody that didn't uh, read that one-shot comic. Well, here's the
0: problem, Kyle. It wasn't a very good story, so they probably <laughs> just retconned it completely. But, you know, to be honest, I think that, like, they could just bring him on already. They could already be together, and I think you could kind of go from there. I, I The one thing I don't yeah. know is the timeline of when that comic book took place. That's going to be, I think, where they could retcon that idea. because, I, And, again, one thing that Lucasfilm publishing and – I think in anything canon wise, besides the films, they don't have a hard timeline. It's a rough timeline because they don't want to be pigeonholed into like, oh, we got to fit this into there because of things just like this. Because, oh, by the way, we want, you know, D- Disney's all of a sudden, we want to do a Cassian, you know, TV show. They don't have to be like, oh, crap, when does the story take place? They can say now they can maybe define it a little bit more and incorporate K2 into the series. Because I think what's going to happen, K2 is already going to be in the series. That's my that's Mm -hmm. what I think already.
1: Yeah. And even if we don't see, you know, the true first meeting of them, I mean, it could just pick up like the the next day or something after that or not too long afterward. You're still seeing the beginning of their relationship Mm -hmm. and, you know, their report with one another Without we come to see in Rogue One. So even though we may not see like the first time they meet, we'll probably see the origin and the genesis of their relationship in the series, I would think.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I think you guys have already hit on a lot of the the main points and reasons like to be excited for this show, but yeah, I mean, I was one of those people that heard this news and I was kind of surprised at first too. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of an unconventional choice." But I mean, I'm right there with you, Tim. I think gun to my head, if I had to pick one favorite character from Rogue One, I would probably say it's Cassian 2. Um, I mean, my top three out there are like Cassian, K2SO, and uh, Chirrut. And I would love to see a and Chirrut series, too. But oh, I, think, I think there's, there's kind of more freedom to tell a more wide range of stories with a Cassian series. Because, I mean, I yeah, almost see I this as like Star Wars Rebels 2.0. Like... I mean, if you think about Rebels, how it primarily followed the ghost crew, they, like, there was at least one member of that, uh, of the ghost crew that was sort of the main character in every episode, but they had adventures with Leia, with Lando, with, uh, you know, Ahsoka, with Rex, you know, Hondo, they got to bring in characters from all over the Star Wars universe, go to, you know, have adventures and explore new places. I mean, Grand Admiral Thrawn, for crying out loud, um... But, you know, it started off with a very simple premise of this small group of rebels fighting the Empire on their home planet of Lothal and then branched out from there to them joining up with the larger Rebel Alliance and going to, you know, just a lot of different planets and doing a lot of different stuff um, and getting to tell a lot of different kinds of stories that I don't think a lot of us would have expected to see, you know, while the show was in its first season, you know, how many of us would have expected, like, something like the Bendu or, uh, you know, Twilight of the Apprentice and all that kind of stuff, like when Rebels first started, right? So I think there's a lot of room for them to branch out from this initial premise of just Cassian spying and going on missions for the Rebellion and stuff. But Tim, I mean, you made a lot of great points as to like why just that in and of itself could still be a really compelling show Um, because Cassian is so complex and represents this, Sort of darker side of the rebellion that we've never really seen, and you could do a show that's a lot of kind of gritty action and espionage and stuff, and showing kind of the nitty gritty side of um, you know, the rebellion when normally we just see them in these like heroic space battles blowing yep. up Death Stars and stuff like that. Um, so I, I mean, I it, it's kind of twofold, I think that by itself is an exciting premise, but then also just I mean, look at where they went with Clone Wars, with Rebels, and we talked about all the different things they could do with the Mandalorian, right? Like, it's starting out just telling the story of this lone Mandalorian gunfighter that's, you know, traveling alone in the Outer Rim. But who knows if he's either going to put a crew together, and it could be, you know, be telling the story about these whole bunch of group of bounty hunters, or if he's going to go back to Mandalore, and it's going to get into Mandalorian culture and history and all that kind of stuff. There's just so much... So much room to grow and so much more they can do than just telling simple stories about, like, a rebel soldier fighting stormtroopers. <clears throat> um, and even with the movies, too, I mean, they tend to kind of branch out and not just retell the same thing and show the same thing over and over again. And I think that's, you know, even more so the case with these TV series that we've gotten so far. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited just for Cassian and, and what he represents, and I mean the fact that Diego Luna is coming back obviously is fantastic. I think he's honestly one of the g- gives one of the best performances in any Star Wars movie ever. Like I I've probably said this before, but yeah? I think the Rogue One cast as a whole, just in terms of sheer just acting performances and talent, I think I, I think Rogue One. Overall, from the entire cast, has probably the best performances in any Star Wars movie. And Cassian, Cassian's right up there at the top as probably one of my favorites in that movie. So yeah. um, I think that character is going to be great. I think having Diego Luna come back is great. Um, and then, I mean, just like we said, all the, the possibilities for where they could go. I mean, having K2 come back. Um, and then you think about all the characters in the Rebellion that he's probably going to interact with. I mean, having Mon Mothma and or Bail Organa is probably a pretty good uh possibility um even you know maybe general dodonna or um gosh what's the guy's name that was like cassian's boss in rogue one uh draven, draven yeah, yeah draven, draven. Yeah. um and then i mean who knows we could depending on how far back this is set Um, I mean, because if this is set, let's say, like five years before Rogue One, the ghost crew wouldn't have even been around. But if it's set, you know, if it goes all the way up to maybe like a year before Rogue One, where the events of Rebels have, you know, probably kind of wrapped up by then, we could see, you know, maybe a live action Hera flying for the Rebellion um, and working with Cassian or maybe even see him working with uh, Agent Callus, who, you know, we didn't really get to see much of in season four of Rebels once he joined the Rebellion. Um, and who knows, I mean, you could have a cameo from Leia even at some point if they wanted to get real, you know, into like fulfilling, uh, fan wishes, you know, we could maybe finally see a live action Ahsoka working as fulcrum if this is set, you know, before the events of rebels. Um, yeah,
1: that's the interesting thing. You can have like a th- the three fulcrums, like all <laughs> be a part of the series. Cause that's another cool aspect of it where Cassian did serve as fulcrum for a little bit mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So and I mean, who again, we could see him take up that mantle after um, Ahsoka leaves. I think Callus was only fulcrum briefly because that was just while he was in the Empire, but trying to help the rebellion. I mean, once he's with the rebellion, I don't think he's, you know, really fulcrum anymore. And so maybe that's when Cassian takes that up. Who knows? Um, But yeah, I'm very interested to find out when exactly this takes place. And I think that might give us a little bit better of an idea of who we might see and what kind of stories we might see in this time
1: period. But um, yeah, I think thing too. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kyle. just about where you're talking about the time period and where it sets place in. I think that's a very important thing because depending on when and how soon it is to Rogue One, because we know in Rebels season three, that's when kind of the Rebel Alliance came together for the first time. So depending on, you know, if, I'm assuming right now that the series is probably going to take place before that that just opens up a bunch of different possibilities of him interacting, like with different rebel cells that aren't necessarily together at the time during uh, the season three of Rebels, where they're all on Yavin. I mean, one thing I'm really hoping for. I mean, I got to give credit to Brian Bailey on Twitter when he mentioned this: the possibility of maybe having Enfys Ness and her rebel cell group oh, like somehow get yeah. involved with this. Yeah, that would be amazing. Like just different episodes and. Going back to what you were saying, Paul, how we don't know if this is like a mini-series or it's going to be a series with several seasons. I'm hoping it's the latter because they can do so much. like Different seasons, he can be involved with different Rebel cells if the Rebel Alliance isn't all together yet. And just different things that that can can come about it would be really, really cool. So, yeah, I'm definitely real curious to see when they're going to pinpoint the time frame and when the series is going to take place. Because it'd be awesome if it had several seasons if it takes place over the course of a few years and just to see... The growth of the rebellion and the different cells he would interact with, interact with man, it'd just be amazing to see all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait to see when they said it's going to take place. That,
0: yeah, if I'm, definitely. If I'm, if I'm a betting man and I'm curious, you know, we, we all agree that we're probably going to get a lot of cameos or guest stars. Yeah. And I'm going to say, give in this is really fast, give me your top two or three people that you think is a guaranteed on the show, and I'll give you mine. I think one, Force Whitaker, a Saw Guerrero is a 100% yeah. guarantee on the show. Because See, okay, go ahead. The reason why is because they've already established that, like, Cassian knows Saw in some capacity.
2: Yeah, or at least knows of him.
0: Yes, and so that there is, you know, or because maybe he doesn't like, maybe him and Cassian don't like each other, and that's why he needs uh, you know, gin to get in. I'm pretty sure like the way they made it sound like is Cassian nose saw and all that stuff. So I feel like there that's already established there, but I could be wrong. I think he definitely shows up. I definitely think that bill Organa shows up on the yeah, show. I think
1: that's the definite one.
0: <laughs> um, and I think my third, I think Ness is definitely going to show up now. I, I do because she's, you know, it's, it's a pretty, she's not a well in, in demand actress. You can get her in pretty easily. Um, it's a fun, you know, she's got a cool costume, you know, and you could, you know, she does not even have to wear the costume for, you, just, you know, be an emphasis and show up and just, you know, whatever. So I think those are my three, my dark horse is what I think has a good chance of showing up. Still is still Han Solo. I think Alden, I think they very well could really try to use him and say, see how, how much, cause I think there's a lot of goodwill with the, um, how Solo's performing on video. Mm-hmm. And I think that people, I think most people would agree that like there's some people who didn't see it in the theater or had no interest and they finally go see it. And they go, man, I like this movie. So I think there's enough goodwill that they can maybe use, still use solo as a way to get more people on the streaming service and go, Hey, that solo movie you didn't necessarily want to go see in the theater. Well, how about a mini series on, you know, let's test it out and see. Cause look at, um, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And those aren't great examples because they got canceled recently. <laughs> but but the reason I'm bringing it up is because on Luke Cage season two, the episode that Iron Fist shows up on, the only episode, it's already the most watched episode of all Luke Cage, apparently.
1: Oh, really? So, I didn't
0: hear that. That's, okay. that's, that's what I heard. So it's... It make it, which makes sense. So if Alden showed back up, I'm sure people are like, oh, Han Solo from the uh, Solo movie is on that. Well, that's cool. Let's go check it out. You know, it's it's a little more, just you know, I don't know. I, I you could try to you know test some things out with that. But I think, but though my top three are definitely Saw, um, Bail Organa, and then probably Amphis Ness. I definitely think those three are definitely going to show up in some capacity.
1: Yeah, yeah I would probably th- go definitely Mon Mothma probably and Baylor Dana Oh yeah Mon Mothma hmm. I feel yeah. like those two are the definites but yeah the more i think about Emphys Ness and the possibilities of her rebel cell being involved especially if it's kind of before the events of Rebels i think that would be such a when the more i think about it, i think man it's such a no brainer it's a cool thing to do I, regardless of solo's low box office numbers everyone who saw it walked away thinking Ness was a great character and that the story was her being the leader of her own rebel cell was just an awesome part of the movie and something you would want to expand on so much and this would be a great opportunity to do so and going back to what you were saying paul about maybe han solo being involved part of me is thinking too if this casting series is kind of a testing ground sort of way to tell more stories with you know the so far right now and for the foreseeable future the only two uh standalone movies right now if they want to continue that because i mean we were speculating before that doing you know movies for the streaming service or i should say disney plus now (laughs) or tv shows is on the table maybe they're going to see if Cassian's successful they sprinkle in a few characters here and there from solo maybe like infamous nest and if it's successful enough maybe that can be their way to continue on what they left hanging <laughs> in solo with Darth Maul and continuing those stories with him and Kira and having Han and Chewie be a big factor in their own series so I'm wondering if this is a little testing ground for that as well because I think that would be awesome if this is successful they can go back to solo because we all know we're not getting <laughs> a movie sequel in theaters for solo so if they can continue on to a tv series and they find a great way to do it with casting I think that would be awesome so yeah there's a potential for just the, these characters we saw in the standalone movies really to grow and see more of in these TV shows, which I think is awesome. But yeah, as far as like you were saying, the characters, and guest appearance, I think for sure are going to happen. Bale, Mon Mothma and just emphasis is kind of mixed between some I really want and something that I could really happen too. but <laughs> the other two are definite, I think.
2: Yeah. And I think for me, I would also go with Bale Organa and Mon Mothma as my top two that are like definitely going to happen. Um, as far as ones that I want to happen and think there's a good chance of, um, I think you make a lot of good points for Saw Gerrera, Um, and I would love to see him. I don't know that I would say it's 100%, but I think there's a really good chance that at the very least he gets referenced, but I would love to see more of him, um, maybe see some of his, you know, sort of violent, radical rebel cell that... Um, you know, ends up kind of being shunned by the rest of the rebellion, um, you know, once they've kind of all formed together. Heck, I mean, Cassian talks about doing all these kind of shady things on behalf of the rebellion, stuff he's not proud of. Maybe he even fought for Saw at one point um, and then decided, you know what, this guy is too extreme and he decided to, you know, kind of stay with the rest of the rebellion when Saw went off on his own. Um, but I would love to see him. And then also, I just think it would be really cool to see. Uh, Hera in live action. I mean, I really any of the uh, the characters from Rebels. I mean, obviously Chopper had his little cameo in Rogue One, and so did the Ghost. But I think um, if any of the you know actual human slash alien characters from that show. Um, were to make an appearance in live action, and especially in this series, focusing on the rebellion, I think is the most likely candidate, so I think that would be really cool to see. Um, I gotta say, you know, I hate to be the naysayer here, but I kind of don't want to see Han in this, and I... I am all for... I hate you. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would love to see more stories with Alden Ehrenreich as young Han. If they just wanted to give us a Han Solo spinoff series that continues the story from Solo, I am 100% all for that. I just, you know, because Han and A New Hope is supposed to be just kind of the everyman, right? Like, he's not a hero. He's not even, like, some legendary outlaw or anything like that, aside from the fact that, you know, he's bragging about having the fastest ship in the galaxy. He's just, you know, running smuggling runs for Jabba the Hutt, and he's, you know, offers to give Luke and Ben a ride, you know, trying to make some money. Um, And he doesn't believe in the Force and he doesn't want to get swept up in, you know, this big war and everything. He's really just kind of out for himself and Chewie and that's it. So I don't really like the idea of Han having, you know, like it makes the universe feel smaller to me if Han has already crossed paths with Cassian Andor and with Darth Maul. And, you know, like leave him in his own little corner on Tatooine with Jabba the Hutt and Boba Fett and, you know, then have him branch out when he becomes, you know, part of the rebellion in the movies. I don't want him, you know, just, I don't want them like fleshing out and adding too much to his backstory that makes it feel like, Oh, when we meet this guy, even though he's supposed to be just kind of this regular dude that becomes a hero, he's already been the hero of a bunch of other stories and already knows all these other star Wars characters, um, that we didn't initially know. Like I would, I would rather just not mess with his backstory too much. Um, That's just me personally. And especially, like I said, when it comes to knowing big, important characters, like just the thing that they got to be careful of when doing these cameos and stuff. Like, again, it kind of makes the universe feel smaller if like everybody knows everybody. Um... And that's why I'm really hoping they can find a way to continue the storyline from Solo with, you know, Kira and Darth Maul and Crimson Dawn and stuff, and maybe somehow have that tied into Han's story, because obviously Han and Kira are so closely tied, but without having Han come face-to-face with Darth Maul, or at least without having... Han see him using the force or using force powers or anything. Like if he just meets him once and thinks he's just this creepy shadowy dude, who's the leader of Crimson Dawn, then I can kind of give that a pass. But I, I just don't want them interconnecting all these different characters. And I think, you know, again, with Mon Mothma and Bale and saw and Hera and all these other characters we're talking about, it makes sense for Cassian to, to meet up with those guys because they're all part of the rebel alliance. Um, but Han is not at this point. So I would kind of prefer to leave him out of it. Um, that's just my thoughts on it. Also, when it comes to Enfys Nest, I mean, I'm not going to predict that that's going to happen. But I do think that would be really cool. And I think that's a big opportunity. So I certainly wouldn't rule that one out. Um, and I think that could be really cool to see. But
1: yeah, I'm, um, I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, too, this is going back to some of the backstory that was created for Cassian. This is coming from the Visual Dictionary. Uh, or the ultimate visual guy Um, that always stuck stuck with me when i read his backstory and i think it'd be really cool once the series was announced i thought oh man if they expand on this from his history that could be pretty cool whether it's like through a flashback or just part of who he is and just give us a different perspective of someone in the rebellion because a lot of it most of the like main figures we see of the rebel alliance came from the republic one way or another where you know they're trying to you know, go against Palpatine after it became the Empire, and they're trying to save the Republic. But in Cassian's case, one thing I always found really interesting about him is how he kind of came up from the Separatist side of things. And I loved how, in the visual guide, it said that he kind of grew up fighting. He wasn't—it said he wasn't—you know—part of the Separatist army, but he was part of like a Confederacy-like backed um, insurrection cell. But it's because he joins up with them once his father was killed by the Republic. And I just think that's an interesting way for a character in the Rebellion to be to grow up into this war because it's going to be part of it you can think when the during the clone wars when the republic was fighting the separatists the separatists really were you know kind of <laughs> more like the rebellions and the rebels there and the fact that someone in the rebellion now came up from that side of the war i think could be really fascinating and now now i'm going to be greedy here and think I man, if they really want to explore that side of Cassian's backstory, do a flashback episode where he is a kid in the Clone Wars era seeing clone troopers again and battle droids in <laughs> live action. That would be awesome. I might be getting a little too greedy here, but I Get do hope greedy. That some, I want to see that too. Yeah, I just hope that part of Cassian's history is something they'll um, say, maybe expand upon and just really dive into in this series. I think that's a really cool aspect of his character that we don't see too much from the good guys in the rebellion right now. So I think that would be really cool. And I know it's, like I said, it's just from a visual guide and I'm not sure how <laughs> much uh, that's being looked on when developing the series and diving into more of Cassian's character. But I really hope it is because I, like I said, I really love that aspect of him and I think it'd be really cool if they explore on that more.
2: Yeah. I think that would be really cool too. Cause also, I mean, even though they don't go into that much detail in the movie, he has that line where he says, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. And I always kind of took that to mean, I mean, obviously the rebel Alliance isn't enlisting six year olds to help fight the empire, but I could totally see something where like he was maybe that young during the clone wars, um, helping out with the fight on his home planet because it was, you know, all hands on deck and they were just, you know, kind of trying desperately to fight for their own freedom and survival. And, even though they might have been fighting against the Republic at that point, if they felt, you know, oppressed by, you know, the Republic Army and stuff, and then once the Republic became the Empire, I mean, to them, it's all going to be the same thing, right? Um, so when he says I've been in this fight, he might not be talking about specifically the Galactic Civil War, if you want to call it between the the Empire and the Rebel Alliance, but um, you know, just if it was even you know just sort of a continuation from the clone wars just fighting against what he sees is just this one continuation of this oppressive power that's been around since his childhood so um yeah the
1: visual guy specifically said he threw rocks at clone troopers as a (laughs) (laughs) little (laughs) kid
2: yeah and i mean yeah like you said let's not get greedy but if we got a flashback to some live action Clone Wars battles, even though I'm sure it would be really quick. We're not going to be seeing, you know, Anakin and Ahsoka and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, just seeing clone troopers and battle droids and hearing a couple lines thrown in there from D. Bradley Baker and Matt Wood. um, I mean, that would be just a dream come true. Just more icing on the cake because, I mean, we're getting excited about just how cool it's going to be to see more... Rebel stories and more stories with Cassian. But if you want to sprinkle some Clone Wars in there, I don't think any of us are going to say no to that. No way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this is going to be something really exciting to look forward to. Um, I mean, again, it's weird that like some people are not real excited about this because I mean, I think the biggest complaints I've heard is just some people saying like, Cassian's not that interesting of a character to like base an entire series around and here's one thing I want to address too because I hear some people saying like oh the characters in Rogue One were you know kind of one note and we didn't like get time to know them or anything like that first yeah first of all if they do a TV series about him they're gonna flesh out the character a lot more and even if you didn't think he was interesting in Rogue One he'll be able to do a lot more interesting stuff and you'll be able to get deeper with that character when he's the main focus of his own spin-off series. Secondly, I think if you're comparing characters like Jin and Cassian to characters like Luke and Han and Leia, you know, they're going to seem one note because we've known those characters over the course of an entire trilogy and then analyzed and dissected and rewatched those stories, you know, over years and years of growing up and, you know, reading spin-off books and playing them in video games and all that kind of stuff. If you go back to it, I mean, Han Solo doesn't have a whole lot of character development in A New Hope either. Like, hes I'm not going to say he's one note or flat or boring or anything. I'm just saying it's kind of comparable, sort of the, the arc that those characters go on, right? Like, you got a guy that shows up, he's just in it for the money. He goes on this adventure with the heroes the whole time. He's like, meh force, bah humbug. I just want to get paid. Um, And at the end he has a change of heart and you see that, you know, he's kind of like the scoundrel with a heart of gold and he comes back to save his friends. Han becomes a much more complex character throughout the whole rest of the series in, you know, the stuff he goes through in empire and Jedi and, um, you know, the force awakens and you find out his whole history with his son and Leia and all that kind of stuff. But, You know, the like when you have a whole, you know, ensemble cast of characters that you introduce and only have one movie to tell their stories like, yeah, you're not going to get super in depth with those characters. But I thought, you know, I mean, everybody served their purpose in the story. Everybody got, you know, at least a little bit of character development in the time that they had. And I think Cassian for me was top of the pile as far as actually feeling like a complex and fleshed out character. Um, so I think he's going to be, I mean, of all the characters from Rogue One, I think he's the best pick to helm his own TV series. Um, you know, again, like we talked about, like a Jin and Cheer or a Bays and Cheer series would be awesome. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, like, I think because Cassian is part of the Rebellion and because you can branch out from there and show you know, the adventures of the Rebel Alliance and their battles, like, on a, a wide scale and bring in all these other side characters and stuff. You know, because the Rebellion versus the Empire is kind of the central backbone of the conflict at this time, you can kind of branch out from that a lot. Whereas I feel like Baze and Cheer would kind of be... either You know, you'd kind of be pigeonholed to, like, just telling stories on Jeddah, um, And if you branched out too much from that, it would be like, well, why were these guys not, you know, galaxy-traveling you know, warriors and stuff in rogue one. Why are they just like sitting on the streets in Jeddah, Right. Um, so I think, I think Cassian is the smartest move as in terms of story potential, but also just in terms of the strength of that character. Um, so yeah, I'm all for it. I'm super excited for this.
0: I think one of the things that people need to realize if you're kind of on the fence about this real, just like how kind of Kyle was saying it, Rogue one is a plot driven movie. You know, whereas like, you know, Empire Strikes Back and and uh, even Last Jedi, they're very much character driven. You know, there's there's not really I mean, there's always a plot in a film, but sometimes, you know, movies are tend to focus more on one or the other. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I would say that, you know, like A New Hope is very plot driven. Right. Mm Um but like I would say movies like Empire Strikes Back, Last Jedi, those are more character driven and they're meant to get deeper with the characters and kind of the mythologies of of whatever their characters are involved with. And I think that's why you get to know these characters even more. And, you know, you also know growing up, there's other films when you watch, like you said, Kyle, a new hope. And Han Solo is not a one-no character, but you don't know him super well. You know, he makes a change like Cassian does in Rogue One, but Cassian mm-hmm. dies at the very end. So yeah, all those characters aren't fleshed out because they all have a beginning, middle, and end. They don't, they're not gonna come back <laughs> after, you know, for sequels because they're all dead. Yeah. And and like, and that's why, and that's what I'm saying is that. Rogue One is a plot-driven movie. And I would say, like, you know, maybe even, like, Solo is a character-driven movie, too. I would say it's less plot-driven, you know? And it's more of just, like, getting to hang out with these characters. Um, So, I don't know. I I would just think that, you know, if you're on the fence, you have to realize that, one, Disney wants to... They want to milk Star Wars for what it's worth, and they're already going outside the box a little bit with The Mandalorian. They want to stay somewhere safe where they know that you know, the average Joe who gets, who wants to, who are on the fence about getting, you know, spending a $9 or whatever a month for on the service, they can say, Oh, do I want to get what I want to watch the star Wars show? Oh, it's got stormtroopers and and whatever. Yeah, I'll get that. So it's gotta be recognizable and you have to make it like also, you know, make sense to connect it with someone that's not, you know, someone newer rather than like, you can't do it. Luke Skywalker, or Han Solo, or you could do Han Solo, but you know, they obviously didn't want to go a solo route because of whatever reason. But um, but yeah, I, I just think that there's legitimate reasons why they're doing it with with Cassian. And I think it's mainly because of his ties of rebellion and you can have it be really connected to so many different possibilities where solo has to be a little bit, you know, you have to have probably Jabba the hut, and that's going to be a little- lot of money and, um, and these shows aren't going to be
2: cheap let's be real and well actually, yeah what, i mean k2 is going to be a lot of money too if they have him in there a lot but right you know and we'll so see. here's my question what, are we going to have x-wings and tie fighters in the show i don't think so not well here's the thing we'll probably get them to some degree but i'm not expecting a lot of space battles on the scale of like what we saw in rogue One. First of all you can't have the rebels winning a lot in this show. Yeah. Like it has to be a lot more kind of small scale skirmishes and, you know, Cassian trying to get Intel and like the mission is get in free a prisoner, get out or get in, steal a data card, get out. It's not going to be attack and overwhelm the Imperial force because first of all, the rebellion isn't, I mean, assuming, you know, we're talking before uh, row one, like we're the rebellion isn't unified into you know, the strong military force that it is by the end of that movie. Um And then secondly, we know from Rogue One and from the opening crawl of A New Hope that really that's their first major victory against the Rebel Alliance, or against the Empire. And then even once you see Rogue One, you realize it was a really costly, vi- you know, if you want to call that a victory, like, you know, it was a victory in the space battle. Um it was pretty much a stalemate on the ground. Like, everybody died, but the Rebels achieved... It's basically a victory because the Rebels achieved their objective of stealing the Death Star plans, which is what they went in to do. Everybody on the ground got wiped out. The Rebels won in space until the Death Star showed up and Vader Star Destroyer showed up and started tearing them apart, and they basically had to, you know, escape. Um, so for them, you know, victory meant escaping with their lives and the Death Star plans, um so I really don't think we're going to see any big scale battles because it would be a foregone conclusion that the rebels would have to lose those battles. Um, now could we see, you know, maybe something on the scale of like the attack on Edu in Rogue One? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we could maybe get like some chase scenes, um, with, you know, X-Wings and TIE Fighters or like some little, you know, mini dog fights. Um, and, you know, kind of some small-scale skirmishes and that kind of stuff. But I'm not expecting, like, full-blown space battles um, or any, like, big ground battles. I think this is going to be a lot more focused on, um, you know, espionage and small-scale skirmishes and, you know, the type of stuff on the level of, like, um, you know, the Jeddah uh, city battle from Rogue One. Probably, like, those kind of battles at the biggest. Um, and also, you know, just a lot of the stuff like from the beginning of the movie where you see Cassian sneaking around and having to shoot the guy and all that. So, I mean, obviously it's Star Wars. I think there's going to be a lot of cool, exciting action scenes, but I think it's just not going to be big, epic battles like we're used to seeing from the saga films.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cassian pretty much says it himself in that moment I was talking about in the beginning of this conversation. uh, Once him and the rebel soldiers are going to travel to Scarif with him and Jin, he lays out what they've done, saboteurs, assassins you know mm-hmm. uh, spies so it's going to be that type of small scale you know skirmishes or like, victories if they, once they have them in the series because you know if you can't have the good guys lose all the time <laughs> so sure Boy, they're going to yeah. have one of these small victories like that but like you said it's going to be on that small scale and i'm wondering too if we're going to be um, also get to flesh out some of those um characters that were that we saw in the background there and on scariff like melshi and some of those other soldiers that work with cassian and, and we would see why they would want to, you know, rally up and join with him to go to Scarif, which they probably do would be a suicide mission. So that would be another interesting aspect um, to get in the series as well. And something else that, still on the topic of some, you know, people who are on the fence with it or not excited about it at all was that how some want to see, you know, new series about new characters instead of just always going back to characters we already met in the film. And while I do agree that that is a fair criticism to have for those who feel that way. I mean, because that is something. If you want that, I totally understand it. But I think what's cool about Cassian and with the Mandalorian is we're kind of getting both. We're getting in one series that's going to be a brand new character with the Mandalorian. I'm sure tons of brand new characters. And then with Cassian series, you can have some that's catered towards the like the fans who who love Rogue One and wanted to see more of those characters. Because I've said this before, I'm someone who's all about prequels and learning more about these characters that we know and love in movies that we were introduced first of with them. And in Cassian's case, I think it's going to be more of the same with that. That's like I said, I was excited about solo. It's going to get me, make me appreciate some of more of those moments we see in the, of Han and Chewie in the original trilogy and the force awakens. And it did that. And I think that could be the case with Cassian series as well. Some moments that we see in rogue one will be elevated because of this TV show, Moments like I was talking about, where the troops and Cassian go to Jin, telling her, you know, let's go to Scarif. That's probably going to be more impactful now, seeing Cassian shoot that guy in the beginning in the bag, knowing that that probably wasn't the first time. And if we, like I said at the beginning, seeing how much that affects him and how like the toll it could take on him, and just really st- showing like he still has to do this and how hard it is for him to do that. And another thing too that, as I think about and talk about the series that uh, I'm really excited about going about the series elevating certain moments in the movie and rogue one kind of did this in itself, but in this one series and about Cassian and the rebellion, it, and like I said, with rogue one, it ele- it could elevate Luke and Leia's character even more. So for me, if you think about it, because the whole point of rogue one was, you know, finding hope. And when cast or Jin asked Cassian, do you think anywhere, anyone heard us when they sent uh, the death star plan and casting says, yes. And it all ties in. Once we see Leia who has the plans, that's the hope and the, person, the people that is going to make everything they fought for worth it, Luke and Leia. And I just think as we see Cassian struggle probably in this series that we're probably going to see that a lot and everything he's going to have to do. And in, in his mind, it's all worth it for the cause. And you know, the big end game was getting those Death Star plans. And for once they got those Death Star plans to have it be destroyed by Luke Skywalker. So in, in a way, when you think about all those you know, threads that it can go down, everything that Cassian would do for the name of the Rebellion, it all comes to a point once Luke and Leia get involved to see all their missions that they've done come to fruition to finally defeat the Empire, which couldn't be done without Luke and Leia. So in a way, I think it could even elevate those characters as you see the struggles that Cassian and the Rebels will go through in this series and how it won't be all for nothing once Luke and Leia get involved. So just all that type of stuff is making me really more excited for this show and the potential that it can have, not just for, you know, the cool cameo appearances, possibly, I'm sure cool action, but just from a narrative and a character stand- standpoint, what it can do to elevate more of the saga that we already love. And that's what I love about getting prequels and stories about characters that, you know, aren't brand new characters, but ones we're already familiar with. It just how it elevates them and just makes you appreciate them even more. And I think, this Cassian series really has a strong potential to do that and just be very compelling.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, it's cool to note that there's something else on the slate now that we've got something else to look forward to um, after, uh, you know, The Mandalorian and everything that's coming next year, of course, along with Episode 9. But as far as uh, Disney Plus specifically, I mean, we kind of had a feeling like they weren't just going to stop with one series in Clone Wars. Um, but it's good to know now that, you know, we already know what the next thing is coming after that, that we've got to look Mm -hmm. forward to. And hopefully this is just the beginning and, you know, five years from now, we'll maybe have like three or four shows, uh, you know, star Wars series going on at once. Um, kind of like how they had with Marvel up until recently when they canceled two of theirs, you know, hopefully the star Wars ones will do enough that do well enough that they won't get canceled. (laughs) Or, you know what, if some of these are stories that they only want to tell over like one or two seasons, I'm fine with that too. As long as they keep replacing them with you know, other cool stories. So, yeah,
1: definitely. Um, well,
0: I, I, you know, and I, I really do think, and I've, I've been on the show a lot the last couple episodes, and I've been kind of saying that like TV is the future of star Wars. And I, it, it's like, it feels like, and I'm, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but it really feels like every week that passes more announcements and more information we, we see is getting, it's just, that's getting confirmed more and more. And to yeah, preserve right. the, to preserve the brain of star Wars they they're obviously going away from more less theatrical stuff and more TV stuff. And cause right now we have, we talked again, we talked about the Ryan Johnson trilogy and the uh the Benioff and Weiss uh, series of films, whatever that's going to be. We don't know. Those are the only things that's, that's listed. And I think we all agree that, or at least if you love Ryan Johnson's last Jedi or not, there's, it's that's not a guarantee any of those movies can get made they all can get debunked but you know <laughs> you know we all know that when bob Iger talked about he said that like the the benioff and weiss uh films those are the ones who are going to be put into place you know after you know they're they're pretty much scheduled to go right into the production or whatever that means right after game of thrones is done and game of thrones will be done the next six to eight months you know and i'm not sure i don't even know when Game of Thrones is supposed to be the final season is supposed to come out. Is it this winter? I don't even know. It's Um, like April
2: sometime next year, like next spring.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be like early next year. So, you know, and they're probably going to be finishing that. So they probably won't even get started with the new star Wars project. Probably till after celebration, maybe around that time. And I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we know an idea, because I'm sure as they're working on stuff, just like John Favreau's finishing up on The Lion King, you know, we've seen, there's obviously been sh- uh, f- o- photos of John Favreau on the set. I'm not sure if he's there every day, but. You know, we, we see him there. So he's obviously – work. he can work on multiple things at once. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess my point is I think D, uh, Benioff and Weiss are probably – as they're working on stuff, they're probably still deve- – they're probably working on – you know, on off days or whatever, working on the Star Wars stuff to an extent of – there's got to be an idea. And I think we're going to yeah, get that say, at least like kicking
2: ideas around. And at well, Celebration, so, we might get like a title or just a general idea of yeah. what these stories are going to be about.
0: Or interview with, with those guys, you know, via the – Maybe on the main stage or whatever but the reason I bring all this up is because I think that what Disney realized is that you know they put out so many Star Wars films since they bought it like think about it. since 2012 they put out well since 2015 they put out four movies already and that's crazy like that's like you know and that's not a bad thing I and I love all of them to an extent you know Last Jedi is my least favorite but it, I still love a lot about it. I don't hate the movie. I don't, I don't even. I still like the movie. I just don't love it as the other films. But that being said, I definitely do think that there's they realize we got to slow our roll a little bit with this. And now with the, with with the emergence of streaming, they have found the probably the balance of what they can do to push the property because again. The movies make money, but it's the merchandising. I keep going back. It's the merchandising that is the prof the ultimate profit of Star Wars. The movies are they're profitable, but you make the most money off of merchandising. Cause it's just you're you're keep you know putting things out there. And and I think we'd all agree that Last Jedi and Solo, their merchandising hasn't been great because one, they they just ha- they're so close together. And how are you gonna, you know, market your toys and the in the bed sheets and all the other stuff when you can't, you know, you're just getting over the last one. So if, if there's a way to keep doing it with, without doing, you know, obviously rebels had that a little bit, but nothing like live action. Live action is just the most accessible thing for people to get to and to understand and love and to get, you know, not just the kids, but the whole family involved and and buying t-shirts and whatever. So with this whole streaming service and having these, these, um, these television series, you then can have your kicking eat it too, keep your brand going, keep selling tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of new Star Wars merchandise. It's not rehashing all the stuff from the sequel trilogy before or whatever. So then now when the, and here's the best part, now when the movies come out, they can be events again. Mm, They're not going to be yeah. every year. And I think the one thing that I've, I, I, if we get it, and I'm curious what you guys think. If we get a, 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 a Star Wars, if we get um, <laughs> if we get a Star Wars television series every year, one or two, what to say, one or two potentially, and then we get a Star Wars movie every other year, or let's say you know or every three years or two years,
2: we're gonna take that, you know. it's I oh, think absolutely. That, and, I, I think, and honestly, yeah. I'm starting to feel like that's the best scenario right now because i mean i i don't feel like getting one movie a year was like overload but i still was maybe a little worried that it could get to that point eventually and you you knew even if it wasn't with solo eventually there was going to be a movie that either didn't perform well critically or financially um and it was just like how long can they keep cranking out star wars movies every year and obviously i mean they're trying to follow the success of the marvel formula but marvel's got their own thing Exactly. Um, And I think here's the thing. Star Wars is more story driven and not to say that Marvel Mm -hmm. isn't, you know, doesn't tell good stories, but I think just superheroes fighting bad guys is something that's never going to get old. Like it's and that's just one of those flashy things that draws people in. And you're just going to go sit there and eat your popcorn and watch Thor and Captain America punch people in the face for two hours. Right. Star Wars. Star Wars is a little bit more in depth. And I think, but some people want that kind of stuff. And I think that's a lot of uh, why a lot of people were disappointed with the last Jedi, not to say that it didn't have, I mean, there, there are a lot of different people who have a lot of different issues with that movie. But I think one thing like you're talking about is like just sort of the marketability of it. It didn't really have like that cool wow factor that a lot of us wanted. And really, I mean, that was Luke Skywalker, right? Like we wanted to see Jedi master Luke in action again. That was that sort of superhero popcorn flick element that we wanted and didn't get. Um, But also, I mean, for people that want to show up and just see a really cool Star Wars story with, you know, space battles and lightsaber fights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, have those movies every couple of years and have it be a big event thing at the theater. And then for those of us that are hardcore fans and just want a constant stream of Star Wars content. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, if we get a new uh, live action series every year where it's just, you know, fleshing out backstories of certain characters or telling stories about, you know, Mandalorians or whatever, I think, you know, we'll all take that because that's, that's like a step in between, you know, it's a step up from like comics and novels and stuff because it's actual, I mean, I think a lot of us probably prefer that visual medium and getting to actually see these stories played out on screen, Mm. but at the same time, you're not putting all the marketing and all the hype into Uh, You know building up just you know a two hour movie and that's it and if you don't like it well tough luck again till next year right it's like if you Mm -hmm. have a bad series or a bad episode there's gonna be still tons of other options out there and you don't feel like you you know just wasted your $15 at the theater or that you got to go online and you know bash it because this is the one big Star Wars thing for this year. I think, you know, they can take more risks. And
0: um, exactly.
2: Yeah. You know, the, the, the failures, like if there are any, won't be as, uh, crucial, I guess, you know, it, mm-hmm. you, like, you know, you don't have to be as afraid to fail because you've got kind of more cushion to fall on when you're just, you know, pumping out smaller stuff on the small screen. Right. So, well,
0: and um, also and you're also, we're, getting, I'm really curious what the scale of all these Star Wars TV series. We all know we all yeah. know it's gonna be expensive, right?
2: Yeah. Well but- yeah, we know for a TV show they're gonna have a really high budget, but at the same time, I think all of us realize that it's not gonna be as high budget as the movies. Um right. and so yeah, what's that balance gonna look like? How exactly big are they gonna go with this? I mean, like I said, I'm not anticipating, at least with the Cassian series, to see any big epic scale space battles or anything like that i'm also not expecting to see that with the mandalorian but at the same time it's star wars it's live action they're putting a big budget into this and you can't have a star wars series with characters just talking and you know drama and stuff for you know the entirety of the series like it's got to have some action it's got to have that flair to it it's got to have some cool visuals and you know some stuff that makes you go wow and so um yeah, we'll just have to wait and see like what that balance is and how big the scale is that they go with it. I think they're going to surprise us. I think, you know, at least once a season, we'll get some really cool set piece. I mean, if you think of like Game of Thrones, because that's that's what this is kind of being compared to as far as the yeah. budget, at least. Yeah. Um, You know, you have some episodes where it, you know, might not be the most exciting and it's kind of talking heads for most of the episode. And there might be one or two cool things that happens, but a lot of it is kind of story build up. And then at least once a season, you've got that huge epic battle or episode nines. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah. You know, where you've got your dragons and your white walkers and your armies of thousands of dudes killing each other and stuff like that. So, um, you know it's star wars you got to have some kind of that you know some of that stuff at some point but um yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of how they strike that balance on tv
1: well one and thing I, I found interesting it? though about titan with the movies and the tv shows going forward is that going back to getting the movies back to that event feeling that yes. you get, everyone's excited about and so far these first two two tv shows that they announced nothing to do with Jedi and the force. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's going to be a pattern with these TV shows and you keep the Jedi and the force aspect to the movies. And that's where you get, you know, that big event feeling back. Because let's be honest. That's the most stuff people really love about star Wars, Jedi lightsabers, force powers. And part of me is thinking if that's something they want to save mainly for the movies, that's cause that's the only place you're really going to get that in star Wars live action. And that would kind of create that buzz and that, epic event feeling for the movies again to get those, you know, depending on what the Benioff and Weiss uh, film series is going to be, if it's going to be based on Jedi and the Force and all that stuff, that's where you're going to get it is in the films, and you keep the smaller scale stuff to, you know, rebel spies and Mandalorian outlaws and what other story possibilities might be out there for other series, you kind of keep it on that same playing field and realm there where you save the big Jedi stuff for your films, and I think that could be you know, an interesting way and a way that could work to get that buzz and excitement back and for those who it has gone away from. And I don't think it's gone away from us for any <laughs> no. Star Wars movie. But for those who feel that way, I think that could be a way to get that back where you kind of create that logging for more force and lightsaber stuff. Because I kind of seen, that was another thing, some stuff I've seen on Twitter about uh, the Cassian series is how people are just wanting, you know, more stuff with, to do with the Jedi and the Force and lightsaber battles and all that stuff. And I think that might be intentional why they're not doing it for the series. And they're going to save that for the films to kind of have that be the big event uh, for those uh, upcoming Star Wars films. So I just found that interesting, but think that could be a reasoning why these series aren't going to be dealing with Jedi and the Force too much. Mm-hmm.
0: I, there's, I think that's a possibility, definitely. But I think this is where. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really hoping, and I, this is obvious, but I'm really hoping both these series are very, very, very successful because I think if they are, the chances of us getting that Obi Wan series, they or you know Obi Wan film or whatever, go up extremely high because if if Star Wars can help drive the numbers of Disney Plus, and let's be real here. Marvel and star Wars are probably the biggest reasons that they're doing this in the first place. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because yeah. And so the fact they know they can get, and even Bob Iger on the, on the conference call said this is specifically branded entertainment. So there'll be a star Wars. He basically said there's going to be a star Wars section. There's going to be a Pixar section, a Marvel section, a star Wars section. So it's a one-stop shop to go and 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 we kind of talked about this maybe in the past, guys, but this really is gonna be like a you know a, a center for Star Wars entertainment. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's to a point where it's gonna be a pretty low fee and they're gonna bump it up to where you're gonna have access to everything, where they have the exclusive access for these shows, but other things probably too. I mean, like it maybe even a Star Wars show like thing where you have like you know post like like the like dead talks or um you know whatever that that post oh the talking show. dead talking dead excuse me dead talks is my my good friend justin's old podcast sorry um but the thing is something like that so i think what's what's interesting is if star wars can be these shows be super successful and they keep that viewership up and they keep those subscriptions happy you're going to get more and more content. They're already putting out exclusive movies on there. I think this is, we want that Obi Wan movie. We want specialized films that maybe are going to, you know, Star Wars are always going to make or always be somewhat popular in the theater. But now you could really, you know, again, I've, again, I've already said this before, but I think if you want these things to be successful, watch them multiple times because they, they want to see is this, you know, viewership, they have to see it. people watch the shows. So if you want more Star Wars direct Disney streaming service when they come out, watch everything you can on and promote it as much as you can. Because the more you watch that stuff, the more Disney's going to say these are driving our numbers up. People have you know they keep going to the Star Wars content. We know that's where that's where our, our, all the the highest views are, we know we have to keep pumping things into there. So, to, you know, to keep our subscription, our subscribers happy, we need to keep throwing star Wars content their way. So, you know what option that Obi-Wan movie Let's you know, you know, we can, or, or mini series, you know, you don't have to tell the, go to the screenwriter and say, Hey, let's do, you have a, a two and a half hour limit. Now you have what do you want to do? What's your story? Pitch me your Obi-Wan movie. Mm-hmm. That sounds about like three, four episodes. That's a mini-series. We can do that. Why don't you go? We'll option to write it and see what come. you know, we'll option you to write it, or whatever. And then you come back to it. That's the stuff we're going to be getting from the streaming service that we're going to get. The man, Mandal- again, look at John Favreau. He, this was a pet project of his that he, a dream project he had that he came up without having any reason to have it at all. He just developed it and maybe said one day George or whoever owns Lucasfilm will let me do this show and he's doing it. So this is the really exciting thing of if there is a good Star Wars story. And that is, again, the key element is if, and I, and I don't, I don't say, I say if, because it really depends. If the viewership on everything Star Wars on the streaming service is high the ch- the likelihood of us getting a lot more content direct you know per year goes way up. So just keep that in mind. The more you can watch it, watch the stuff multiple times. I'm going to be watching it multiple times. I know you guys are going to be watching. I'm sure the Mandalorian when it comes out that first episode probably numerous times. We're all we're all we all love going to see Star Wars multiple times. We all know that. So mm-hmm. this is where it's going to be interesting of how much reviewing or uh, re-watching these shows will drive up the numbers and make Disney say, you know what? This is a reason to put more content into this section, maybe more than Marvel. I'm really curious. I I, I, I would love to be in a fly on a wall in five or three years where they compare the numbers of, this is the Marvel series numbers. Here's the Star Wars series. Which one, excuse me, which one is higher, et cetera, et cetera. Very fascinating.
2: Yeah. Well, I do have to say they're probably going to, they probably have some way of tracking, not just the amount of times that it's watched, but like the amount of individual users that have watched it because that's where they're getting their money from. Right. Like true, true. if you watch it 20 times, they still are only making their 10 bucks from you once. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing that really is going to drive their success is subscriber numbers because that's what's paying for all this stuff. Um, but at the same time, I mean, just, you're right. Like the popularity of it in general is going to, what's is, what's going to generate, you know, that buzz and bring more people to the service to watch it. If people, you know, if it's so good that people are watching it multiple times and telling their friends, Hey, you got to check this thing out. Obviously that's going to, you know, be great for their business. And I'm, I'm hoping like right there with you, I'm just hoping that these are all really successful. Um, and that it turns into a good business model for them and turns into lots of great Star Wars stories in the future for us.
1: Um, Maybe even resurrect some dead projects. Hint, hint. (laughs) Yes. Well,
2: and speaking of dead projects, I was about (laughs) to talk about uh, this next story that we've got, um, which kind of ties into what we're talking about, about the Mandalorian and stuff. Um, But there was this uh, report that came out recently. uh, This um, reporter named Eric Weber Um, said that he had spoken with Kathleen Kennedy personally, and he said, Kathleen Kennedy just confirmed to me that the Boba Fett movie is 100% dead, and they're 100% focusing on The Mandalorian. Um, Now, this was never, you know, I'm not calling this guy a liar or anything. This was never officially confirmed by Lucasfilm or anything. I mean, this was just something that he posted on Twitter, um, but he is, you know, a verified journalist. And so kind of take that as you will also keep in mind. I mean, the Boba Fett movie was never officially announced by Lucasfilm in the first place.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But I think this probably makes sense. I mean, I kind of had a feeling this was coming anyways, maybe not that it was a hundred percent dead, but with the Mandalorian coming out, I had a feeling like we're not going to see a Boba Fett movie anytime soon. Um, Just because, I mean, I feel like they're kind of too similar Um, And especially, I mean, for just sort of general audiences and people that are not huge Star Wars fans, they probably are going to see the Mandalorian and think it's Boba Fett anyways, if they even know who Boba Fett (laughs) is. Um, And so, you know, I I think those just might be too similar to have coming out around the same time. Um, But also, you know, and I talked about this on our last episode, just the premise of the Mandalorian sounds a lot like what a lot of people's idea of Boba Fett is, especially before Attack of the Clones and before you find out his backstory and that he's a clone of Jango Fett and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just sort of this mysterious, all, you know, old Western-styled gunfighter, um, you know, having his own adventures out in the galaxy. I think that's what a lot of people who grew up on the original trilogy sort of fantasized about Boba Fett being anyways. And so I kind of see this as, you know, the Mandalorian as sort of a chance to tell those stories now that Boba Fett has gone in a different direction. Um, So I'm totally okay with this. I would love to see more Boba Fett at some point, um, whether it's eventually getting a Boba Fett movie or getting a Boba Fett spinoff series or seeing Boba Fett show up in a continuation of the Solo story, um, which I still think is the most logical place for him to be. I mean, we talked about this you know, back before we even saw Solo, and I said... You know, rather than just a Boba Fett standalone movie, I'd rather see kind of a like a young Han versus Boba Fett, you know, kind of rivalry type movie with just a lot of um, scoundrels and bounty hunters and stuff involved. And so I think if we ever do get a sequel to Solo, that's what I would love to see, Um, you know, bring in uh, Boba Fett and you know, Greedo and maybe even like Bosk and Dengar and all those guys and have, you know, Han kind of running with that crew or against that crew. Um, Or, you know, have them all together working for Jabba and maybe competing with each other to see who's going to score the bounty first or, you know, whatever. I think they could have a lot of fun with that. Um, But at this point in time, I mean, I think, the Mandalorian is going to kind of scratch that itch for a lot of people, me included, um, who just want to see, you know, a cool guy in Mandalorian armor doing cool stuff. And so I'm okay with Boba Fett being on the back burner for now. I mean, as far as the movie being hundred percent dead, you know, never say never. Um, you've, yeah, you know, that doesn't mean we couldn't still get a Boba Fett movie five, 10, 20 years from now. Who knows? Um, again, I I just really hope he still shows up again at some point in some story Um, but you know, as far as that movie not happening right now, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, I'm definitely excited for the Mandalorian. And like I said, I think that is kind of a good, um, sort of placeholder for that at the moment. So, um, I don't know. What'd you guys think about that?
1: Yeah, well, you definitely took it a lot better than I did. (laughs) 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 This one really bummed me out when I saw it. And like you said, it wasn't a huge shock because after Solo, we knew, Anything was possible with any upcoming standalone movies, but I was always hoping that Boba Fett was still one they'd want to move forward with after hearing that James Mangold was going to be involved with it. And kind of like I said on our last episode, how getting a Boba Fett movie along with the Mandalorian TV series was kind of the best of both worlds. Like you said, Kyle, the Mandalorian's gearing towards that characteristic and story ideas that a lot of people loved about Boba Fett in the first place, just from the original trilogy, but then the film could have catered towards more fans of Boba Fett, like me, who enjoyed his backstory that was created in Attack of the Clones and in Clone Wars and see more of that character develop into the bounty hunter we all know and love. So the fact that we're not going to get that anytime soon is disappointing. So right now, even though this movie is dead, I'm just really hoping we see the character again in some format and live action sometime soon. I hope it's not going to take another 10 or 20 years for him like the hope to just not waiting to give him his own movie for the character to show up again. Cause I think that would be a shame and there's different avenues you can bring him in. Like right now, I really think he's probably going to show up in the Mandalorian in some way, maybe not right away in the first season, but it it has multiple seasons. I think he's probably going to show up there, especially now that his movie is off the table, but it's just, even from the beginning since Disney bought film in 2012, and these standalone movies were announced. Kathleen Kennedy has said Boba Fett is a very important character to them, <laughs> as far as uh, someone they want to use in future stories. So he just like it seems like he's been on the table for so long, and nothing's been done with him just yet in this new Star Wars era and this new canon that we have now. And I'm just dying to see more of him <laughs> in this new canon because he's hardly shown up at all, aside from the early Star Wars comics. I mean, that's the main thing that comes to my mind as far as new canon stories with Boba Fett. So, yeah, I'm just really hoping the character shows up again, in, especially in live action, because that's what's got to be next for him. Seeing him in Clone Wars was awesome. And, you know, hopefully as season seven is going to come on the Disney Plus app, we don't know all the episodes that are going to be on there. And hopefully if it's successful, they'll do more and we'll get that Boba Fett and Cad Bane arc. Because we were even specul- or speculating how maybe that could have played into the Boba Fett film. And now that that's off the table, maybe if they're going to do more Clone Wars, that could be the next one that gets finished. But I just really want to see the character again in live action, played by Temuera Morrison, uh, with that cool voice that he has. <laughs> it's going to be awesome to see in live action again. So bummed that the movie's now not happening anytime soon. but. Now I'm just going to be banging that drum for him to show up in the Mandalorian and so or some other aspect of live action in the new, in the near future because I just want to see him again.
0: Yeah, I was I was bummed because I'm I've always been a big Boba Fett fan since I was a kid. I know he's gotten a lot of hate as of late for being an overrated character, which is whatever I. You Know he's one of those side characters that you love, and, and obviously, the EU from that's not canon anymore really fleshed him out as far as like stories and some of his history, uh, before Attack of the Clones and after, especially after Attack of the Clones, he was definitely more prominent and obviously knowing his origins from George. But I, I was disappointed, and like what you said, Tim, I I'm just bummed we hadn't seen him that much in this trilogy besides a few comic books that we've seen him in, in the very beginning. But obviously the reason why we didn't see him is because they were planning to have a movie with them. Yeah. And, you know? <laughs> and so they were waiting. So what I'm hoping is here's the thing. I want to see Mandalorians on screen and I'm willing to give, to concede a Boba Fett film over with over for this Mandalorian TV show that we're going to get, because I think it's going to be a great, I, I love Jon Favreau. That still picture they released is incredible. I love it. It's a new background on my phone. So I, I'm willing to concede that that's fine because I understand you don't really want to have two Mandalorians out at the same time. It's, this is not like a superhero thing. Like they're so similar. It's like not really a point. So I get it. What's focus on the Mandalorian. That should be their main focus. My main thing is now let's put some Boba Fett comic books together. Let's do a mini series with him. Now, maybe, you know, start developing him a little bit more in the new Canon because it's, we haven't seen him in a while and he's still a marketable character. You're going to make a bunch of, you know, money just based on his name alone. You don't, the the look in the character's name is basically a a household name. Mm -hmm. So, the way I see it is, they got to start. If they're not going to use the films on them, they need to start using them in other medium. And hopefully, it's comic books. I'll take a novel too, but I'm all about the physical medium, baby. Give or, me. I mean, you books. could
2: always bring back thirteen, thirteen.
0: Well, that I, would be nice. But, and I think there's elements in thirteen, thirteen, in the Mandalorian, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I think they're all, in the costume itself. Like, they, they've shown, like, on the still and what, what Boba Fett looked like in 1313. Yeah. Are very similar.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it definitely so, could have been an inspiration. Um, yeah. And, I mean, so, I'm I'm kind of just taking a jab at it. I'm not really expecting that game to get resurrected all these years later, although I still would love to see that. But
1: Just give us a new Boba Fett game.
2: That yeah.
0: Nothing to there do you with go.
1: 1313.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's the thing where right? I think that there's, there. that's a great point too, Tim. Like, why don't we have a video game then? If it's not a comic book or a film yeah. or a TV series, let's, let's do something with the character. Cause he's still a popular character. You know, there might be a small minority of people who are like, get overrated. But you know what? At the same time, you know, you, you, put, what's going to sell more, you put both Fett on something or, you know, Finn on something, You're, more things are going to sell with Boba Fett because yeah, he just makes poor- a cooler action figure. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing against Finn or, or any one other character you insert that you compete him with. He's just a more interesting looking character. And whether you like it or not, or he's fleshed out or not in the films, is ir- ir- irrelevant. I can talk for a second. And it he is a great looking character. And that's ultimately what happens. But this is where I think they're going to be very careful with Boba Fett with The Mandalorian. I think that's why once The Mandalorian was pushed through, everything for... Um, Boba Fett, unless Solo would have blown up, if Solo would have blown up, yeah. that's the only way Boba Fett would have probably been alive because you would have had Han Solo in the movie itself probably, and you would have incorporated with that because because Solo didn't do well, you you definitely had to be careful. You don't want to overcrow over um, market you know market yourself with uh, or overcrowd yourself in the in the same market of Mandalorian you know action figures you know so. I think everything's gonna work out well. I think Bullfett's gonna be used. Like like you said, Tim, I just wanna see him in, in another medium. I don't want to just see him in, in film. What's now that we know the movie's dead, you know, but here's the thing too. I think there was an article out right afterwards that said that it's not necessarily like dead, it's just on everything is just kind of like it's been pushed to the side kind of a thing
2: yeah it's dead to the in the sense that they're not really doing pers- anything with it right now right. but not it's not, not a not a hundred percent like a hundred dead it does not mean it's never going to happen it just means it, it right. just means there's zero percent happening on it right now
0: exactly that's so how I that- took it exactly and that's kind of the way i took it too is that never say never with this stuff you know and and you never know maybe the story they have will be will be put into a comic book i would love something like that you know Mm. so the way i see it is must be patient but i want to see him i don't want him just you know to be on the shelf anymore and waiting for a movie let's let's start putting them out in, in another medium like tim said
2: yeah i think that would be really cool um but, yeah, so lots of stuff going on there with uh you know future films happening, not happening, you know future of the uh the streaming service with disney plus um but man, next year, and going forward, you know once that launches, I think it's gonna be really cool to uh to see where they go with that and see what kind of star Wars stories we can be getting you know five or ten years down the line. I also think celebration next year there's yeah, gonna be a yeah. lot of cool <laughs> announcements. Um, yeah, we'll probably see the first footage from the Mandalorian, um, along with obviously the first trailer for episode nine. Um, and you know, we also could possibly, yeah, yeah. Clone Wars as well. I'm sure we'll get, you know, probably like a trailer for that for the final season. Um, and then probably some announcements about, you know, what the Game of Thrones guys are working on, maybe some more information about Cassian, although, I mean, we already know, Sort of the premise of it and who the lead character is going to be. And I don't think they'll really have like a trailer or anything to show. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they
1: create a quick little teaser for it. Yeah, maybe. It might be in production by then. They can just do a quick little thing. Yeah.
2: About Mandalorian? No, no, no. no. Cassian. Uh, Cassian. I was going to say it depends on when it goes into production because that goes into production early next or just next year. So if it goes into production early next year, they could maybe have a little teaser or something for celebration. But no, I definitely think we're getting a trailer or some clips or something from The Mandalorian. Um, And then, yeah, just announcements about, like I said, the the next trilogy of movies and possibly even future uh, projects for Disney Plus. So should be a lot of cool stuff coming out next year.
0: I think I think celebration by the way will have the first episode of Mandalorian. Ooh. I really do. Ooh, I man. think I'm gonna go and say it right now. I think they're gonna have like either the first half hour. They're gonna have some because think about this. You know, I'm assuming we all know that the, the streaming service is gonna come out. Uh,
2: what late next year? That's what. Yeah, that it, guess, that's all yeah. the rumors is late next year, and so that's why that's... I'm not sure about. You know, screening an entire thing, although I mean, they could maybe do that with Clone Wars, too. I mean, we've had that happen where like the season doesn't air until October, but they've shown, you know, the premiere episode at celebration. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know. it's it's a possibility that could be on the table
0: i the reason I say that is because there's if it's gonna they're gonna be pretty far along production, but in like six months and then it mm-hmm. will at least have a chance to go through that first episode and start developing it because they're going to have to be ready in like six months to have the whole thing done probably if, cause I mean, and I would imagine when they release this show or it's going to be when the, when the streaming service is, is, is ready to launch when it launches the manual. I'm assuming again, we don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that the Mandalorian will release with it. Like, to, Oh to yeah. Really, yeah. The fact I that
2: it's in production right now, I'm
1: assuming the same thing. And if it doesn't, so, it'd be like a month at the latest, I think, exactly. from the launch.
0: And and think about this too: with if that's the case, it's going to come out the same time as Episode Nine.
1: I know that's man. If it comes out in the fall, like my hope is that it's September. You get like a month for Clone mm-hmm. Wars, you get a month for the Mandalorian, and then boom, Episode Nine's here. Mm-hmm. I mean, how awesome is that going to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope. So here's the thing,
2: if the streaming service, if Disney Plus launches in December, I think they may actually wait till like January to release The Mandalorian just because they want all the attention on episode nine. And heck, I don't know. I mean, it's not like you ever see trailers for like Netflix shows before movies, but you could even promote that, you know, before episode nine, like throw a trailer for it on there and say, hey, go sign up for Disney Plus, And here's, you know, the first live action Star Wars series that's coming like a month from now. Um
1: Man, I hope it's not that. Wait, but I don't want to wait till January. <laughs> well, no, I don't either. And
2: and I'm just saying if the if Disney Plus launches like right around the same time as Episode Nine, but I'm hoping uh-huh. it air, I'm hoping it launches more like October, November. And if that's the case, I think we're getting it day one. Um. But right, yeah, and we'll that's
0: and, and that and that's why I'm saying if that if, if you're if you're thinking that Kyle, then we're probably definitely going to get some kind of sneak peek, maybe a first full episode, um, or half an episode first 20 something like that we're, we're i think we're at least getting something like that we're gonna i think we're,
2: we're gonna get a trailer oh yeah i, I mean a trailer is a foregone conclusion at that point like
1: uh um, and it could be something where like old clone wars panels they show clips from several different episodes yeah. that they don't release online stuff yeah. like that but also right. like I,
2: said, I mean i i wouldn't rule a premiere out either um it's it's kind of uncharted territory because we've never had a live action Star Wars series before. Yeah, so yeah, um yeah. you know I don't think anything is a guarantee and I don't think anything is off the table completely. So um but next year is going to be a very exciting year to say the least. Yep. And every day I am you know as we get closer and closer I'm rethinking you know cuz I'm as of right now I'm not planning on going to celebration. Um just cause hey, I live in Arizona. Go. It's in Chicago. I'm, you know, it's, it's a long, you know, long trip. It's going to be expensive. I've got other stuff I'm trying to plan for next year, but every day we get closer to it. And with all the cool star Wars stuff that we keep hearing about, I'm like, I might have to try to find a way to make that work. Um, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. Regardless. I will be, you know, a very happy man the day after celebration. I can tell you that much.
1: And for all those who are going like you, Paul, man, you guys are in for probably some really, really special <laughs> all yeah. the stuff that's going to go on there, man.
0: Well, and just think about this. Remember, it's five days, guys. So
1: I, I keep it, forgetting that. Yeah. It, it's, oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's five this
0: year. Well, what one day is technically like a shopping day where it's oh, generated okay. just to be the floor, but I mean, it's still four days. It's through Monday. So.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, I thought it was Wednesday to Sunday, but it's actually Thursday through Monday.
0: I believe. Yeah, because there's it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. There's it's five. It's six. I think that's how it works, because I'll have to look. I'm pretty sure Monday is the last day, not Sunday.
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now as we're talking about it.
0: All right. You look it up. I'm pretty sure. But either way, it's definitely five full days of, yeah. of, like, of, of pure, like, stuff and it's a little crazy so it's to be honest you guys could probably show up for a couple days and still get the good like a good mix of what's going down so Mm -hmm. you know um you know to be honest i'm gonna be worn out afterwards i'm gonna be
2: yeah (laughs) actually yeah you're right paul it's it's the 11th through the 15th which is uh thursday through monday um, but yeah, I mean, Man, that if, is surprising. if you can't afford the whole weekend, or you know, can't take all that time off from work or whatever, obviously, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday are the main days you want to be there.
1: Um, yeah, because Sundays usually, and stuff. yeah, Sundays weren't usually the big days. Well, at least Anaheim, they had their uh anthology panel for our first look at rogue one but mm-hmm. ever since then sunday was only like the last day nothing really happened. there's a closing ceremonies but sunday might be a pretty big day this year that could be like their tv day or something where we get learn more about the mandalorian and Cassian and all that yeah that's true i wonder if they're gonna because i have a feeling they'll probably start it off like they did celebration anaheim with episode nine kind of that kick off the whole event again oh yeah totally have it tie back into where it began back then so i could see him starting off with episode nine then you mix in clone wars maybe the next day then or maybe they'll split like cassian and the mandalorian over two different panels that each have it focus just on their own series instead of combining yeah. them into like one live action i think panel i think
0: something. it'll be one i think it'll be one thing i think there's gonna be a live action tv series day and that's mm. it like just that one panel because you know, they're going to talk a lot about the Mandalorian, but they're going to talk a little bit about Cassian Cassian. I bet will not be touched on much. It's going to be mainly the Mandalorian. Cause you're going to be, cause you're basically going to be advertising, um, and try to pump up everyone about episode nine and the Mandalorian. So I feel like those two things are going to be hit really hard and with some Clone, yeah. wars, and Clone
2: wars too. Yeah. yeah. I, was gonna say, I think those no. will be the three main big things. Um, and then aside from that, it's just, um, you know, what new stuff are we possibly going to get announced to? Yeah. And, you know, are we yeah. going to get some info on the, uh, the movies that the game of Thrones guys are working on? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely lots of cool stuff to look forward to next year.
1: Um, yeah. We're in the slow period right now. Like you said, Kyle, at the beginning, it does feel a little strange right now as we're in the middle of November and there's no new star Wars movie that we're super excited about coming next month. But and after this, it's going to be nonstop in 2019. So, yeah, <laughs> might want to enjoy the break, I guess, right now, because it's going to be awesome. What's <laughs> all the Star Wars news keeps hitting in 2019?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, you know, we're that, so that's pretty much all the the movie and TV news and stuff we've got for right now. But um a couple more things we want to talk about first. Um. I know we were just going to briefly touch on Star Wars Resistance. And, um, you know, we talked about the premiere episode on our last uh, show. Um, but what are you guys kind of thoughts on just how the show's progressing so far? You know, after that initial episode, you know, now that we're a few episodes into it and it's kind of hit the ground running. Um, how are you feeling about the show so far?
0: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say after watching this series up until today's episode, which is today is the 12th. Is that right? All right. So. 11th. Oh, excuse me. 11th. Um, as of today of November 11th, I've seen about five episodes of Star Wars Resistance and I can safely say that I will never complain about Star Wars Rebels ever again. (laughs) And that is, that is the truth. Um, I've already kind of said this a little bit in our last show, but I, I know this is not for me. This is not aimed at us. Right, this is not meant for us to be like, yeah, you know, we don't have kids yet, so it's not. This is not for us necessarily. I get it, and it's not terrible. It's just boring, and that's the problem. It's not. There's no substance to it, and I think that's. It's you know, it's a. I was just read, um, as you, as people who listen to the show know, I'm a big comic book guy, and. I I don't know if you and I know Tim, or Kyle doesn't read anything. So um, <laughs> but like Tim, I'm not sure if you read the Star Wars Adventure comics or not, but
1: no, I haven't actually. I,
0: I've been buying them and they're just like those. They're not bad. They're just no substance. There's cool moments in them. There's zero substance in them. I don't really feel like anything out of it. That's really going to give me meaty Star Wars. It's basically it's basically like I took a hand my I'm grabbing like a fun size Snickers bar or better yet to keep it more in line with me. Uh, it's like when I open my Spider-Man head that has fun size gummy bears in them and I open <laughs> one up and then I eat like six of them and I put it in my weight loss thing for like six, you know, 60 calories. That's exactly what resistance is. It's not bad, but it's a fun size little candy that I can only have a few of and it don't, it does not, you know, fulfill me it's just a little extra thing that I can, I get to my sweet tooth and in control and that's it. But I'd say resistance is, isn't even doing that good of a job with that necessarily, but it, it does enough, I guess. Um, I just think the show is okay. I think it looks great. Um, I think the animation looks great. It's just not a very in-depth story and it's just not, it just doesn't really transport me into star Wars. It just kind of, I'm like, Oh, there's cool moments that looks like star Wars to me, but it just doesn't fulfill me. And again, it's not the, it's not the job to do that, but it's just not very interesting. It's, it's borderline boring. I think at times some episodes are better than others. The last couple, I've definitely been better. So it's on of definitely a, a, an uptick, but the first couple episodes I was not impressed, or at least it was loud. It was okay. And, it still just doesn't feel like there's much, there's not very many stakes involved here. And you know, there was, I, I criticize rebels for being kind of a little too kid friendly, but when I compare it to this, it makes Star Wars rebels look like Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, but seriously, it does make it look like it's a way more violent show than what we're getting. and, It's just a shame because I think but at the same time, we're getting like a Mandalorian TV show, a Cassian TV show. I mean, we're Mm going to get some cool stuff. So I'm not going to like harp on this thing. But, you know, we talked about the Lego cartoon for a second, Kyle. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is that if it if I knew that Star Wars Resistance wasn't canon like the Lego show, I'll be honest, I wouldn't watch it. I have zero interest of watching that Lego show. And the only reason just like the Star Wars adventure comics and Star Wars resistance um, for the most part, I, Star Wars adventures actually been a whatever, but like I will admit if those two things weren't Canon, I wouldn't buy or read them or watch them. So the, the fact that it's Canon is probably single handedly keeping my, keeping me to keep watching the show. So take that for what it's worth. But like I said, show's not terrible. It's just incredibly boring. It's not super interesting. The animation looks great, but it's just not enough to keep me invested to like, I love these characters. The characters are all right. That's kind of where I stand right now. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree where the last episode that, aired last week, The Children from Tahar. That was the best episode of the season so far. And mm-hmm. even the episode before that is where I thought, okay, things are getting going here because finally the First Order is being brought into the picture as far as being a conflict for cats to go up against. And that's where it gets more interesting, especially with the last episode where you had Captain Phasma be in it more and wanting to get those two kids in. And then you got a name drop of Kylo Ren from that mm-hmm. one little girl, which was really cool. So that's the type of stuff that I think us as the like older fans we're looking for and once we get that it's really good but right now again it is still in the early going so i know they're probably building up to some bigger things with the first order but it is feeling like a slow burn right now and i gotta say it's we're five episodes in five or six it's not living up to its you know premise as far as being a show about flying and racing I mean, yeah. I think there's only been one race which happened in the very That's first episode. Point. Yeah. And well, we,
2: and then in the third episode, I think there's Kaz, you know, was racing against that guy on like a speeder bike or something.
1: Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah I mean, really that wasn't
2: like it. the, you know, one of the big, uh, you know, the races with the Ace pilots
1: and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I want to see more of the Ace pilots because um, they were the ones that really got me, oh, this show is going to look really cool. That video that came out about the Ace pilots and they've barely been in it at all mm. we've gotten a few uh, but never really seen him in action until that the second episode of that, that little skirmish to get some pirates which is kind of cool but it was kind of short so yeah i just want to see more of that type of stuff with the flying and the racing and some more aerial combat which is the big selling point of the show so mm. yeah i'm kind of in agreement with you paul it hasn't you know the stakes aren't there just yet. I know they're building towards it, but yeah, it's just been a little slow burn. And I gotta say, a little repetitive as far as um, how Kaz gets involved with like these new conflicts with the First Order. It's always that he breaks something, he has to go buy it, but then that somehow puts him in the position to sneak onto, you know, uh, the High Tower, and he's, he's the First Order there or get involved with um, the scene. This bounty for those two kids because he broke something and he had no money and <laughs> he just somehow saw that on the hollow bid. So it all comes down to Kaz doing something wrong and that propels him onto his adventure for the episode. I would like to see that change a little bit. So yeah, um still gonna continue watching it. I do enjoy it. It's it's entertaining for the most part when I do watch it every Sunday. So um and this hopefully gets more into that resistance first order conflict, which it looks like it is and more with um, some flight combat and or flight racing. And it looks like we might get that in the episode tonight, which I haven't seen yet because Poe's coming back and there's been some clips and some images of Kaz and Poe flying their X-Wing. So that should be cool. So hopefully um, this new episode will deliver on both fronts with getting some flying action and more Resistance First Order stuff.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to, to watching tonight's and seeing Poe again um, and some X-Wings and stuff. I mean, I I kind of agree with you guys. I mean, more so with with Tim. Like, I wouldn't say it's you know, really boring or whatever, like Paul, you were saying, but um, I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's definitely, um, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's, it's a kid's show. It's, you know, just a fun, lighthearted adventure. Um, I will agree, you know, with sort of what you said, Paul, about how it feels like just kind of a a little snack size thing, right? Like this isn't your, uh, your fix of like epic star Wars stories, Um, And unlike Clone Wars and Rebels, which feel like, you know, even though they're animated and at times can be more kind of goofy or kid-friendly or whatever, I mean, some of those episodes feel like they're on the level of the Star Wars movies as far as the storytelling and the character depth and stuff like that, whereas Resistance really just feels like a, a Star Wars cartoon, which is not a word that I like using talking about. Uh, Rebels and Clone Wars because it feels more serious than you know what you would just kind of consider like a cartoon show. Um, Resistance I squarely put in the camp of just this is a cartoon that has you know just a Star Wars flavoring to it. Um, And yeah, it's definitely been a slow burn, but I like that the past couple episodes they're finally starting to kind of pick up the pace as far as bringing the First Order into things and kind of ramping up that storyline because obviously I think the show is at its best when it raises those stakes a little bit. And when you're dealing with Captain Phasma or when there are stormtroopers on the station and Kaz is actually like sneaking around trying to figure out what the First Order is up to, okay. rather Even than- Even though just... there's
1: still terrible shots. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: yeah. But I mean, I, I much prefer that stuff to seeing him bumbling around with Niku, um, who is quickly becoming like a, a Jar Jar Binks level of annoyance, in my opinion. Um <laughs> Wow. And that's from somebody that doesn't, actually mind Jar Jar so I mean I guess you could say that to mean like I don't hate Niku either and he, I mean he's one of those characters that's like kind of fun and like you can't help but like him because he's just such a sort of good-hearted like naive character but at the same time just you know some of his jokes are like the situations that he gets into I'm just like oh my gosh how many times are we going to do this over and over again before this guy the gets is getting old <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I mean the shtick got old after like one or two episodes um <laughs> And the last episode, The Children of Tahar, I mean, the first five episodes, I was just constantly, like, rolling my eyes at Kaz and Niku just bumbling around and getting into all sorts of trouble. And I was like, man, if this is the entire episode, this is not going to be fun. But then, thankfully, you know, once they ran into those kids and, um, you know, a lot of different pieces started coming in. I mean, especially the way that that girl was, like, whispering Kylo Ren's name in such fear. I was like, oh, man, I... You know, I'm eating that up. You guys know how much I love Kylo Ren. Um, But now I'm really hoping that we get to see him at some point on this show, maybe make an appearance or at least find out kind of more about what he's been up to um, and why they're after those kids. I don't know about you guys, but I was expecting that maybe they were force sensitive, Um, like when they got Mm. trapped in that room at the end and the stormtroopers were trying to break in. I thought, it, you know, the... Uh, the boy was going to like stand up to defend his sister and like end up force pushing all the stormtroopers out of the way or something like that. They're um, probably related it's... to Broomboy at some point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's funny. Yeah, I feel
2: sick now, but um, yeah. So we still don't know really why those kids were uh, why the First Order was after them in the first place, unless it's just because they were the sole survivors of that attack and maybe Kylo runs trying to keep a low profile and they don't want people knowing that the First Order is a threat or that they're out here, yeah. you know, massacring villages and stuff like that. Um, so I, I mean, I think that was kind of just what the episode wanted to leave you thinking, but I kind of had the idea too, especially cause one of them dropped a little patch or something that, um, Captain Doza ended up with that had like a mysterious symbol on it and kind of made me thinking like, yeah, this might be a clue that's going to lead to, um, you know, a bigger piece of the puzzle later down the road. Um, But regardless, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it for what it is. Um, You know, I'm not taking it super seriously or like, you know, really getting into it. But, um, you know, I enjoy watching it every week and hopefully it just continues to, uh, you know, build on what it's put in place so far. Keep the momentum going with the resistance and the First Order stuff um, and focus more on that and less on kind of the cartoony aspects of it. And uh, hopefully it will uh, just get better from here. (laughs) <laughs> um and then lastly, we got to talk about uh the stuff that's been going on with Battlefront 2 recently because we're finally into that time where they are uh you know finally starting to release all this long-promised Clone Wars content um that we've been waiting for for so long. Have you guys gotten a chance to play with General Grievous yet? I have not yet.
1: No, but I have played more this week. I've actually played with both of you over the last week, which has been nice and building up my credits. So I'm probably not going to be grievous for a while because I'll be using my credits when Obi-Wan comes out, <laughs> but, um, it's been good. Just I've played a few heroes and villains uh, matches and it's been cool to see him in action because he looks awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, I will say I've, I've gotten to play with him quite a bit and I've played with him in a few heroes and villains matches. I've actually only played with him in heroes versus villains. I haven't played him in galactic assault yet. Um, But I think he's a lot of fun. I mean, apparently he's got a couple bugs that they still need to work out with a couple of his abilities not working right. But um, yeah, I've been having a blast playing as Grievous. I've actually done pretty well too. I got first place in a Heroes and Villains match the other day um and then uh november 28th of this month is when the geonosis update with obi-wan comes out oh yes (laughs) um and man they've released like a couple screenshots from it so far along with a community transmission that i'll kind of just go over briefly talking about the update um and what it's going to be like to play the battle of geonosis and it just looks glorious
1: um (laughs) yeah
2: I mean, first of all, so I, when Geonosis comes out, it's gonna be just for Galactic Assault. And I was thinking, you know, you've got the maps like um, like Hoth and uh, you know Kashyyyk and stuff like that, where the main objective is like one team has you know a walker or a troop transport or something that is trying to get to an objective. And I was like, like when you play as the clones, it's always the separatists that have, you know, the big, uh, the MTT. And I was like, oh, well, if for Geonosis, if they could just flip that around and have the ATTE, you know, and the Republic is the ones that are attacking and trying to advance that walker and the separatists are, the ones are trying to stop them. That would be so cool, right? Like that would be fun to play as. And I hope, you know, we get to see the ATTEs in there. Um, but they are going all out on this thing. I mean, first of all, they said it's the biggest map they've ever created for the game. Um, And it's going to be ATTs all over the place. Like, it's not going to be one central one that you're trying to get to an objective. Like, um, you know, it's going to be like a three-phase battle like all the other Walker Assault modes or the the Galactic Assault modes. But with this one, they said the first phase is kind of going to be more infantry combat based and just, you know, ground troops fighting it out and the Republic is trying to reactivate a damaged ATTE, and you're fighting in a lot of, like, narrow canyons and stuff. Once you hit that first objective, the map opens up its big all-out open warfare, and instead of having, like, on a lot of these maps, you have a, a certain reinforcement count, where, you know, as the Republic, you're trying to reach a certain objective, but, like, if your reinforcement count reaches zero, um which is just, you know, the number of troops, like the number of times your team can be killed and respawn. When that reaches zero, you lose. In this mode, the reinforcements are the ATTEs. Like, they're not the troopers. And so if your oh, ATTE nice. gets destroyed, they're going to gonna drop in another ATTE. Um, oh, and that they should ha- look awesome. <laughs> yeah, they haven't said how many are going to be playable on the field at once, or how high that reinforcement count is going to be. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be like 100, but I'm also guessing it's going to be a lot more than like 5 or 10. Um, I'm guessing, you know, it might be like 20, 30, 40 ATTEs that you get to drop in over the course of the battle. The battle droids are going to get missile launchers to try to take these things down. They're also going to have AI-controlled spider droids. So unfortunately, you're not going to get to play them, but they're going to be kind of obstacles that the ATTEs are going to have to take out. Otherwise, they're going to, you know, do a bunch of damage and kill you. Um, and these ATTEs, they're not on rails like the MTTs and the ATATs are, um, where it just, you know, kind of drives you straight ahead. Like, these are fully controllable. You can go wherever you want, you know, blast away at battle droids with them. Um, again, when they get destroyed and, you know, the reinforcements come in, you actually get to watch them fly in, like, being carried by the, uh, the drop ships that, like, drop them off, like, in the movie does, um and they even said, you know, there's going to be one phase where you're having to fight through a dust storm. Um, and then the last objective of the game, it's going to be trying to, you know, take one final capture point, except the capture point is like 200 meters wide and you can only take it with ATTEs and you're trying to get to like reactivate (laughs) some, uh, some Republic turbo lasers to, you know, take down the big droid control ship that's taken off. So it sounds like it's going to recreate a lot of really cool moments from the Battle of Geonosis in the movie. Um I think this is going to be, like, I can already tell this is going to be my favorite map, you know, my favorite game mode, my favorite battle to play in this game. Um They, you know, in this transmission they put out, they put a few, uh, you know, a couple images in here. Like, there's the... um There's a gif of the ATTE walking. There's a picture of kind of the whole map layout um, kind of in the design phase, and you can kind of get like a behind-the-scenes look of what it looks like showing all these models on the screen and stuff like that. Um, And just, you know, again, the amount of detail and just the design of this thing and the way that it sounds like this battle is going to play out sounds like it's going to be a ton of fun. And then last but not least... Um, at the end of this transmission, they gave us a gif of Obi-Wan Kenobi twirling his lightsaber and just our first kind of official look at what <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan is going to look like in Battlefront. So, um, man, I'm just super happy right now, like, that this game is finally getting to the point where, um, you know, like, we're getting some of the stuff that we've been hoping for since launch. I mean, it's been a rocky road to get to this point, And I know we've all, especially Paul and I, have, you know, played a, played this game a ton, but um, enjoyed it since day one but you know it's it's had a lot of controversy and they had to obviously fix the loot boxes and the progression system and all that stuff um and there just hasn't been a whole lot of new content definitely not as much as we wanted um you know when it first came out like i will say for like the first battlefront game I think everybody's biggest criticism when that first came out was just the lack of content overall. But a year later, we had four DLC packs and suddenly, you know, had a bunch of maps and some new game modes and a lot of stuff. And it felt like a much more complete game. Um, And then with Battlefront 2, I mean, I think it felt like a much more complete game from launch and we had a lot more content. We had our our prequel era and our sequel era and... um, you know, just a lot more maps and space battles. And so we were all very happy with that, but then they promised all this additional content that was going to be free and we wouldn't have to pay for, you know, season pass and all that kind of stuff. But a year later, you know, we got what, like extraction and, uh, you know, Jabba's palace and like the stuff that they added for the solo season, which I mean, wasn't a whole lot. And then like the last Jedi stuff that came out kind of right after the game first dropped, um, but now we're finally getting into all this clone wars stuff that we've been looking forward to and especially the battle of geonosis like i i remember talking to you tim before the first battlefront game came out And when we first started hearing those rumors that it was maybe only going to be focused on original trilogy content, and I didn't believe those rumors at first, and you were like, I'm starting to get worried. And I I remember specifically telling you, Tim, they wouldn't make a Star Wars Battlefront game that doesn't have the Battle of Geonosis in it. (laughs) Well, here we are three years later, (laughs) two Battlefront games later, and we're finally about to get the Battle of Geonosis. So, um, I'm super excited for this. And like I said, by all accounts, it sounds like they are really doing this thing right. And they're going big and going all out with it. Um, There's going to be, you know, more updates throughout the month. Um, Just more information that they're posting um, to, uh, you know, just give us updates about like what Obi-Wan's abilities are going to be and just more details about like how the vehicles on Geonosis are going to work and all that kind of stuff. Um, If you, um, you know, are a big fan of Battlefront like us, I definitely recommend you, um, you know, keep up with all these community transmissions and stuff uh, that they're putting out. Follow Ben Walk on Twitter. He's the community manager for uh, for the game, and he, you know, will tweet out all this stuff. That's where I get my most of my information from. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a great month for for Battlefront and for Star Wars gaming. So, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to being able to play that at the end of this month. Hopefully December will get a lot of time to play that together.
1: Yeah. I mean, just seeing all these little teases and plans for the GNO's update it's like i said got me back to playing battlefront a little more than i have been <laughs> over the last month because a lot of big games have come out that's i haven't took my attention away from even thinking about playing Battlefront, like the new spider-man and i'm playing red dead redemption part two right now which has been awesome but i still got to get a little battlefront in there because like i said i got to get those credits <laughs> to be able to enjoy these new characters are putting out like obi-wan and grievous and i'm slowly making my way there and i gotta give credit to uh, thanks to martin ailman who on twitter we were talking about this how you know why don't you just even if you don't play log in every day to collect those 500 credits you get on your daily uh, crate oh uh, you know that's a great idea like before i start a new game or when i'm done playing a game like red dead redemption 2 just click on battlefront real quick get that 500 credits and that's it and that's helped build up my credits and the some be a few times where I play a match or two, do some of the daily challenges to get some more credits. So, yeah, I'm almost there. I think I should have at least, definitely have enough to get Obi Wan by the end of the month when this comes out. But hopefully, even more than that, to you know, have some of the other Clone Trooper skins like the five first once those hit too. So, yeah, I'm excited like you. And the more I play it, it's just it's just really fun once you do get get into it and start playing again. And yeah, Geonosis is going to be so so much fun i mean as you were talking about how it was something you wanted since the beginning and it's going to be you know over 10 years since battle the first battlefront 2 and that came out in 2005 that was the last time we got to play geonosis in a mm-hmm. battlefront game and so now it's been you know in we've been waiting for it for a while now it's finally here so and it's going to look amazing i'm sure i can't wait till we get that first trailer that really showcases the gameplay mode and the environment it's going to look so so cool and even that one screenshot they released of Obi-Wan and Grievous having that little showdown on the battlefield of Geonosis looked really, really cool. So that's just a tease of what's going to be entailed in that map of Geonosis. Man, we're going to be blown away.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, and I think uh, they did either confirm or at least hint at the fact that this month is actually the one year release or one year anniversary of the release of Battlefront 2. And they've, they've strongly hinted at the fact that they're going to put together a, uh, or be releasing like sort of a one-year anniversary trailer, just talking about all the improvements that they've made um, since the game released, and all the new content that they're in the middle of putting out right now. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Probably within the next week or two, um, to you know, be showing off more stuff about uh, Grievous and Obi Wan and Geonosis. And if we're lucky, we may get a sneak peek of Anakin or Count Dooku in there as well. Even though um, you know those aren't releasing till, uh, January and February. But, um, you know, I'm sure if they're going to be putting a trailer out, they're probably going to want to get people excited for the stuff that's coming up in the future too. And not just the stuff that's dropping right now. Um, but also I heard, you know, saw somebody talking about this on Twitter and they were saying like, um, from some places that have already released, um, like their black Friday deals and stuff like battlefront two is on sale for like eight bucks. Um, at some places, I think maybe at Best Buy it's yeah, like $7.99 or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but you know, check it out for sure. Um, if you're interested in it, you know, if you're one of those people that maybe likes playing Star Wars games or likes gaming in general, but like you passed on this game at first because you didn't like the first Battlefront or you heard about the controversy that was surrounding this one or whatever. I mean, if you got a chance to pick it up for this cheap, right when they're in the middle of launching a bunch of free content that is going to make the game just even better, like... It is well worth your money. I promise you that.
1: Um, oh yeah, definitely snatch that up. Yeah, and <laughs> if you, you and if you happen to be so. playing
2: on Xbox One, you can play with us. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely some good stuff to be looking forward to there as uh, we um, you yeah, know head into the holiday season and uh, get some cool Star Wars gaming stuff going. Um, but that is pretty much all the news we've got to talk about for this episode. So before we wrap up, uh, Tim, you want to go ahead and uh, read some listener responses to uh, some of the stuff we were talking about here?
1: Yeah, we've got some responses, of course, for the Cassian series and also the news about the Boba Fett movie being dead for right now and some mixed reactions. So go ahead and get into those right now. First up, as always, put up a poll regarding the Cassian Andor series. Um, The choices were super excited that you can't wait, unexpected but intrigued, have to wait and see, and not excited at all. And coming in last at 5% is the have to wait and see option. Then after that, at 7% is not excited at all. At 15% is unexpected but intrigued. And then at a whopping 73% is super excited and can't wait to see it. So uh, good to see the majority of our followers and listeners are excited about Cassian, but not all, as you'll see in some of the responses we got for it. Uh, first up, uh, Brian Bailey at Balls and Play on Twitter says, I am more excited for this early rebellion project than I am for the Mandalorian. And then Paul Stewart at Mr. P. Stu says, more K2 and Cassian. I cannot wait for this one. And then our friend Matt Cranky over at the Rebel Cells Podcast um, on Twitter at the Crankster says, I'm a wait and see just doesn't excite me but I'll be there watching day one to see what Disney brings. I'll eat my words. If it, if it brings, if it ends up being great. And then rich Brockwell at rich Brock says, I love it. One of the best characters of the Disney era. And then PJ Woolman says, I missed the announcement, but I'm super excited since first watching rogue one. I've wanted to see more Cassian and the one shot comic wasn't nearly enough. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that comic PJ, as we talked about earlier. So hopefully we'll get that more detailed, uh, First meeting between Cassian and uh, K two in the series, but then some more of the mixed reactions was on Facebook. Um, first up from Christoph Keetsman. Um he says completely unnecessary. He had a cool part in Rogue One, but this role, but his role is done. Let's see some new characters now. I really like Rogue One, but whatever X is successful, the strategy shouldn't be to make more of X. That's just scrapping from the bottom of the barrel. All the Rogue One characters existed for one purpose only. To have a heroic death. It's not a problem that they were one-dimensional. They had a simple role to fulfill in a war movie. They don't need fleshing out. We don't need to explore their past or their motivations. Yeah, um, talking a little bit to Christoph on Facebook with that. And some of the reasons, as I mentioned earlier, why I think that's exciting that the series is getting a chance to flesh out Cassian more. So hopefully if I heard our, if you heard our discussion, Christoph, it maybe got you a little more intrigued or excited about the potential of what the series could be. But then Paul Gann on Facebook says, I think it could be fun to have him and K2 in a buddy spy type of show. And then Robert Adam Dykstra says, you know what? I'm interested. He's a character that could use the lore work. He was the first to show that the rebellion isn't just heroes. There are a lot of people doing dirty things to keep it running. And then in regards to the Boba Fett movie being canceled. Yeah, this is like. Most of the responses on this one on Facebook is total opposite of what I'm feeling about the Boba Fett movie. Uh, Christoph Keatsman chimes in again and says, Good riddance. The last thing we needed was a Boba Fett movie. Good she realized this. uh, She being Kathleen Kennedy uh, realized this. Boba Fett is best when he remains mysterious. His role in the Clone Wars as a kid was a big mistake, and we're getting the Mandalorian. So this part of the Star Wars universe will be explored regardless. And then Robert Adam Dykstra chimes in again on Facebook saying, I'm not going to lie after the disaster that was solo. I have many reasons for not liking it and would happily list them if I had time, but I'm kind of happy this happened. I like Boba has always been a bit of a a BA. And I always feel that the current hands, it would be done poorly and not do justice to the character. But then Alan Labovitz says, nobody's dead forever in star Wars. Let's see how the Mandalorian plays out. Boba's presence will be felt even if he doesn't appear on screen. And then Mike LG says, as Vader said in episode three, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, definitely in agreement with Mike and Alan on the Boba Fett reaction. But, uh, you yeah, have to disagree with Robert and Kristoff on it, too. So, for the reasons I've mentioned before. But, so, yeah, it's just interesting to hear the different reactions um, for this Boba Fett film. And just kind of how different everyone feels about the character, as you were saying, Paul, how some just... That they can, they're not necessarily Christoph and Robert said he was overrated, but just the fact that there's no need to uh, see more of him and find out more, keep that mystery going. So, yeah, but thank you, everyone, for your responses as letting know your thoughts on these big topics happening in the Star Wars, both on the TV and movie front. So it's always good to get into those discussions, even though we might have uh, different opinions and ideas of what's uh, going on in these new announcements. So, as always, thanks for chiming in.
2: Yeah, definitely. Thank you to all you guys for your uh, continued support and for, um, you know, chiming in and engaging with us on all these topics and stuff for answering our polls and stuff out on social media. Love hearing what you guys think about this kind of stuff, too. Um, and as always, uh, you can find us online on Twitter at Star Wars TSC, on Facebook at Facebook.com/Star Wars The Saga Continues. Uh, you can find our website at Star Wars and you can send us email if you like at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, you know, you can engage with us in all those areas just to keep up with uh, all the latest news and updates and stuff that we're posting and, uh, you know, engage in discussions with us and all that fun stuff. Um, also, be sure to uh, check out thunderquack.com for all the other awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next time. And may the Force be with you.
1: See you next time, everybody. Later, Star Warriors. Thank you